Hello and welcome to episode five of Carpe DM, the campaign page by page. Uh, gosh, five episodes. That's a milestone. We've made it. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll celebrate when we hit 10, but uh, I think it's worth uh, worth noting this time. So to do a quick recap, in the last game, our intrepid band of heroes were attacked by and subsequently defeated a giant undead snake and befriended Santiago, a crawfish and all around really chill guy. Uh, following this, they exited the Crystal Chamber and found their way into an enormous structure that seemed equal parts temple and crossroads, wherein they discovered a mysterious magical tree, as well as a formerly hidden chamber which housed a giant statue of a nameless god. The statue spoke and told them a tale of a mysterious artifact, a book that was destroyed due to its nature and scattered to the winds, some pieces of which formerly being housed in the very vault in which they were standing. They learned that the elusive Lenore had taken all but one of a collection of pages that belonged to this book, but the party learned that even the single page was a powerful artifact when something that dwelled within it entered John's mind and tried to persuade him towards some dark end. The party left the temple and before leaving the Underdark behind decided to explore another passageway leading off from the Cavern of Crystals. And that's where we're coming in, because you guys last game wanted to go and see what's over this way, and in doing so, everybody made a uh, stealth check, which we got two nat ones on, and so something is very much going to hear you. And we are going to jump in pretty much right away into combat. The only thing I want to have everybody do first is to do a perception check, uh, just to see if there's going to be a surprise round that something gets on you or not. So, so 10 from Solgrid, Fetral's 11, oof. Moshair has not seen anything. Yaku's got a 17 and 15. All right, so um, it, average, you guys are going to be high enough to avoid a surprise round here. So basically what happens is you walk through this, uh, this entryway in the stone and you enter into another large chamber that is brilliantly lit by a bunch of kind of blue glowing uh, fungi and there's some uh, more magical seeming crystals scattered about. There are a number of large columns that are stretching from the floor to the ceiling uh, and, and supporting this, uh, you know, this very large cavern that you've stumbled into. You can't really see all the way across it because there's some obstacles in the way, but you do see the entryway, which I'm going to pull you guys over to. So this is generally what you see, and you guys are going to enter over on the right side of the map, right over here. And as soon as you enter in, you hear... Yet more horrible screeching sounds, which seems to be a really common theme in the Underdark. And, you know, why does anybody go here? I, I really don't know. But you do hear uh, some skittering and some screeching. And you're not going to get ambushed, but what you do see approaching you are two horrifying monstrosities that I have a picture of that I can send in the game chat. So you guys see... Two of these bad boys approaching you. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah, they're 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 pretty awful looking. Uh just like giant wingless they are things. Hook horrors. They're hook horrors. Uh you you don't necessarily know that though. Uh so I'm going to go ahead and put a couple of these friends on the map. Let's see what I got here. 
Chris, I, uh, in the chat, I put um, the uh, Pass Without Trace spell that I had cast beforehand. I know that they, um, we had the two critical fails. Yes. Um, does that, so I guess my question is, does that mean that the, the uh, spell itself is like no longer effective or was it for a, a moment they recognize something and now we're still under this veil of shadows or how does that work? Uh, I would say it's effective. I think what we said last time is that it, it's probably, it may be sort of effective because there, there are only two of these guys approaching you when maybe there might've been more things. Uh, so, so do they have disadvantage? On, I mean, and noticing you, they've already noticed you. They're moving toward you. I mean, when they actually try to attack us, since we still have Pass Without Trace cast over us. Uh, yeah, so you guys are going to be coming in from this direction, sort of over here. And then we have these two guys, which aren't really, like, that big, but it's easier to see them if I make them gigantic. Uh, and they're basically going to be approaching from that way. And everybody go ahead and roll initiative. So we've got our order up, and it looks like... So, uh, first up in the order against these two hook-handed monstrosities is going to be Soulgrid. Soulgrid, what are you doing? I'm going to engage the one on the left. Engage. Make it so. And... Yep, seven is, uh, as you probably would imagine, not going to do it. Uh, it's too dark in here. You just step up, swing and a miss. Anything else you would like to do? I'll leave it at that. All right. Fast and easy. John, you're next. What are you doing? I'm going to the one on the right. And uh, I guess uh, I don't know what it's called, but the ready action. I want to turn, uh, I want to use the aqua velvet uh, dagger and turn it into a sword. Uh, yeah, so you can do that. Uh, just so you know, that is basically a once-a-day thing that you can do for 10 minutes, so it'll last for this combat, but that's that's all you got it for. Oh! Until you do, until you do another long rest. Okay. Nah, forget. Yeah, we'll, we'll still do it. So, do we'll I get do to it. attack afterwards, or yeah, I believe that that's take a, my whole term? You know what, we're gonna... I, I, I don't want to look it up right now, but we're gonna say that's a bonus action, and I'm gonna say you can go up and do that uh, with the sword out, and you can also attack. So, I believe... I have that in your character sheet as your, yep. as your magical longsword, so go ahead and make an attack roll. All right. Yeah, 16's gonna do it. So you you go up and find purchase and you stab one of these dudes, roll some damage on me. All right. All right, uh, could be better, could be worse, but six damage, you go up and, uh, and, and carve a little chunk off of him. He's not looking too hard, but uh, he, he does look angry. Anything else you do in this turn? Um, can I ready my shield, uh, as well, or... I would say probably not, since he did the because... bonus back to the... To yep, the okay, got it. Uh, nope, enter. Okay, uh, so that's done, and then we are going to have the first hook horror go. And so that's going to be this guy that John has engaged, and conveniently he is going to attack John. So he's going to roll a nat 7... Uh, actually, he actually rolled in that one, so either way, he just completely fucks up, and, and you know, it's not his day. Misses you completely. For once, I'm in the clear. Uh, he does get a second attack, though. What? So we're gonna roll Yep, these guys get two attacks. And ah. second, second attack is gonna be a 21, which I'm imagining does hit you. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Yeah. The other the other hook just finds you right in the uh, right in the upper thigh. So that's nine damage she does to you. Ooh. Yep. And slashes you right up there. Cool. And, but that's all he's going to be able to do. And then Yaku, it is your turn. Sorry. <laughs> I just saw a spell I forgot about. Um, <laughs> I forgot I had that. I think I'm <laughs> I've never used this. So, oh, let's try um, it. Here we go. All right, you're going to do Sky Strike, uh, Splinter the Earth and Crack the Ground, Let Storm and Fury Fast Abound. When you cast this spell, choose a point within range. You teleport to that location and instantly crash to the ground directly beneath that point, accompanied by a flash of lightning. Uh, but if you land on a creature or space within five feet of a creature, it takes lightning damage equal to the amount of falling damage you would have taken. And if you fell for 30 feet or more, you at uh, higher levels. It's going to be based on falling damage. Which guy are you targeting first? I'm still going to go for um, Homeboy, uh, uh, the first original one that I was looking at. Yes, That sir. one. Okay. Uh, so basically, you're teleporting into the air to come down on this guy like a furious strike of lightning, or like Pikachu, uh, like or that too, <laughs> um, or like so Thor. <laughs> the the question then is how how high are you gonna go? As high as I can. Okay, um, I'm just gonna say the the well, ceiling. I guess I should ask you that. Yeah, I should ask you that before I make that that statement. Well, the the ceiling in this cavern is going to be over 30 feet tall. Uh, I'm going to say we're probably looking at 50, 60 feet. It's a pretty tall cavern. So uh, I'd say probably 50 feet is going to be as much as you can get. However, the spell does say if you are going over 30, you're going to be stunned until the end of your next turn. So if you're willing to do that, that is up (laughs) <laughs> so not, not yet not yet so okay. we'll go to 30 feet all right um it does say Can 30 I limits and go to 31 well it it, it says go to 29 if, it does say if you fell 30 feet or more so I mean, 29 would probably be your your bet but however uh how falling damage works is you basically take a d6 of damage for every 10 feet you fall beautiful uh, so yeah, uh, like 30 would be 3d6, but 29 would only be the 2d6. So, <laughs> we're getting technical here. So it's it's up to you if you want to be, if you want to no, be we'll a go, we'll, we'll go 2d6. I mean, uh, lightning damage, I'm sure, is is not something, even if it's a little bit, that you just shake off right away. I'm, I'm hoping for some... Yeah, all right. Scare, uh, scare the shit out of him, or you know what I mean? Yes, so... Or, Yaku just, like, does this crazy thing where he teleports and just flashes into the air and just, like, transmogrifies into, like, a bolt of lightning that comes down and hits this other creature up here. So, Yaku, go ahead and roll 2d6, and we'll see what he takes here. All right. So, I mean, you got a 6 in there. So, you, you come down. It looks really, really cool. Uh, but you, you, you do crack the sky and the lightning comes down and sizzles him and he looks a little stunned from that. Uh, but yeah, you are, you're there and you're not stunned. So, hooray. And I'm going to be able to say you can probably come down since you, since you can come down anywhere within five feet of him and still do the damage. Do you want to possibly come down behind him? Is that kind of what you're? Do you, I've already moved my guy. Do you see where I moved him? Uh, I do see that. Cool. 
So if does that work for you? Yeah, that works for me. Perfect. So, and actually, I do think I like I like this behind him a little bit better because it looks like there might be a structure I can hide behind afterwards if, if need be. Sure. So uh, cool. yeah, you're right Thank there you. between him and a, a giant pillar. So you come right down on. there, uh, Mosher. You're going to be up and. For the purposes of this, oh hey, Moshe, you're there. You have your thing on the board finally. Yep. Cool. <laughs> All right, what are you doing? Um, fire bolt. Fire bolts. Uh, Eleven is just not going to do it. Unfortunately, you hit uh, a fast one, and that uh, it goes wide. Anything else you're wanting to do there? Nope. All right. Cool. Cool. At least you got on the board. Uh, so Firebolt swings wide, doesn't happen. So now it's going to be the second dude's turn over here. And he is going to go ahead and attack Soul Grid, who's right in front of him. So that's going to be one roll. He is a nat one again for the first roll. He just you know, completely fucks up. It's really hard to do attacks with hook hands, apparently. Uh, he's going to swing a second hook hand, and that's going to be a 23, which is going to hit you, Soul Grid, I'm, I'm assuming. Oh, 23. What uh, happens with his uh, critical with his critical fail? Uh, he, he just he just completely misses and then feels like if he if he was holding a weapon or something maybe he'd drop it but he's like he's just swinging his arms around so there's not a whole lot that can go wrong here. Like he wouldn't go out of balance. I mean, I'm just saying we had a, a badass spell <laughs> and we got some criticals and uh, we lost all that. Like this this big asshole wouldn't fall on the ground or nothing. Uh, you know what? Not. <laughs> <laughs> You're, not, not, not yet. Okay, not yet. We'll, we'll see what happens. You, bro. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna do some damage to Solgar with the second attack here, and ooh, he rolls shit for the damage, but that's still gonna be a seven points there, Solgar. Gets a hook stuck in part of your armor and uh, get a little scratch from it, but that's seven damage to you. A little scratch, and, as if that isn't like a quarter of our health. <laughs> You know what? The last encounter was too damn easy, so I, I upped the game here a little bit. Uh, Fetral, you're up. Your turn. All right. Yeah, you did. I'm going to step down over here and shoot my bow at this guy. Uh-huh. Go for it. And yeah. Hit. Seven. Goes uh, even more wide than Mosher's Firebolt over there. Yeah, nothing happens. Anything else you can do here? I don't believe so. Cool. So that's back to the top of the order, and we're back to Solgrid. What are you doing? Uh, sorry. Go for it. Boom! 18 hits! So you... I'm also going to throw my Divine Smite. Alright, so you throw out your... Uh, you find your footing, you take that Warhammer, you smack him right in the face, and you're also going to smite this bad boy. He's are not they undead? They are not. So you're not going to do... Extra, extra damage. Do, 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 do. Yep, so that's just five radiant, if I'm reading that correctly. Yeah, the, the attack roll doesn't need to be there. Yep. All right, so you, you smack him in the face and get a little bit extra divine energy that courses through him, and that was a pretty solid hit for 14 damage. Uh, since you're the first one that's actually damaged this guy, and he staggers backward a bit, but he is still looking pretty strong. Next, we're going to go back to John. What are you doing? Uh, John has a question. Uh, I'm down yes. to 10 health. If I take a health potion in the battle, is that a bonus action or my total action? How are you already down to 10? Did you only have 19 to start with? 
Yeah, well, I have 28 max, but uh, we didn't rest or anything. And remember, I got my ass kicked. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Let me know uh, when you're when you're down like that, too, because I have a cure wounds. If I can touch you, I can heal you up a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you could, you could use... You could use a bonus action to take a health potion if you'd like to, if you have one. I do, uh, from the very beginning. Um, All right, so I think you have, you, do you want to do that? I'm afraid, because you said you made it harder, and I'm already down to 10 health, so I think I'm going to err on the side of caution and go, yeah, let me, uh, let me use a bonus action and consume right. it. So, standard health potion is what you have, I believe, so I just need to yep. look up what that is. So, standard potion of healing is going to be 2d4 plus 2, so go ahead and roll 2d4 for me. Yeah, it could have, could have been better, but uh, yeah, you get 6 points of health back from that. Alright, well, better so it's, it's a It's a buffer zone. Yeah. So down that, and you can go ahead and uh, still attack this guy if you want to. Sweet. Yep. Uh, I'm going to uh, swing for one of his arms, or his hook arms. I'm going to go for the one on the right. Uh, go for it. Yeah, that's going to hit. Do some damage. All right. Uh, ten damage. You swing and connect with this guy really solidly, and you have hurt his arm for sure. Whether or not that's going to, to change anything for him going forward, we'll see. But uh, he's definitely not favoring that one anymore. And is yes, that and turn. Okay. Uh, so then we're back to horror number one, which is the guy you just attacked. And he he's going to take a moment to recover from that blow, so I, he's only going to do one attack against you here with his arm that you didn't just hit. And that's going to be a 14 to hit, which I don't think hits you. Uh, my AC is 11. How? Oh, okay. <laughs> like he has his shield out. Uh, yeah, you could say you had your shield out, um, which would be a plus two, which only bring you to 13. So, oh, I think 14 would still hit you. Jeez, I thought yeah. you were right. It was a lot higher than that. I thought it was 18. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's crazy. All right, you need to get you, we need to get you some better armor, friend. That's shit. Yeah. Ooh. Well, we'll see what happens here. Okay, so that being said, he's going to roll some damage. And that's going to be a 11 damage to you that he just does. Oh, sweet Christmas. I'm down to five. Good. Just yep. just letting the party know. Good, good thing you did that help their healing potion. Uh, but, you know, also a good thing you can only do that one attack. Uh, but then after him, we're going to Yaku. What are you doing? You're right behind this guy. Um, Chris, I probably should have asked you this before the game started. I, I just remembered that um, I picked up a interesting looking staff. Um, uh, yes, you did. You remember that? I, I do remember that, uh, and I know exactly what that is. Uh, Excellent. You, you don't oh, know what it is right now? Uh, Pardon me? I said you don't know what it is right now? I don't think you haven't Correct. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm, I'm going, this is... I just I just did a, a badass Pikachu move on him, and it really didn't phase him, so uh, <laughs> Yaku's kind of feeling like a uh, little back against the corner right now, so close to him. So um, I'm going to use, let me go ahead and I'm going to uh, put Shillelagh on that. Okay. I'm going to swing for the ropes, dude. 
All right, you're gonna take Swing out the, for the ropes. Now. Is that yeah? Is that a is that a, a phrase? Swinging for the ropes? Uh, I think it's on the fences, but uh, we'll go with ropes. Okay. All right. Uh, so, if you're using the new staff, uh, you cast Shillelagh as a bonus action, uh, which I have to remember. It's a cantrip. Yes. Um, so you can do that. Oh yeah, sorry, I saw that. Uh, weapons damage die becomes a D eight. And I'm uh, using my my magic as, as opposed to um, or spell casting as opposed to strength. Uh, yeah. So go ahead and roll. Since you don't know what it is yet, go ahead and roll just a D twenty, and then I'll I'll actually just you like... have a, you have you have a quarter staff already, right? I do. Okay. So go ahead and roll for your normal quarter staff. We're going to do a bonus to that that you don't know what it is yet, but uh, roll that one. Uh, yeah, even with your big fat bonus, that four is just not going to do it. <laughs> Unfortunately, that uh, you, I, I, you... Oh, man, I have an inspiration point left over from last time, too. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I mean, if you, nope. you you have the inspiration, if, you, if you'd like to re-roll that right here, right now... Only, I mean, that's that's retro. That would be you stretching it. If you're allowed, if you're cool with that, that but that's my bad. Uh, no, no, I mean, the way I've always done is, like, you can decide to use inspiration after you've rolled something. So... If, if that's your constant, then I will accept your constant. Alright. <laughs> if you want to re-roll it, do it. I sure would, yeah. Um, we're not gonna... We don't want that far. So, let me pull it back up. Um, three, two, one... Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, so that definitely does it. And uh, so go ahead and roll your D8 damage. Well, I mean, I'm not going to... I, I did say I was swinging for the fences. I would imagine that's okay. two-handed. Okay, so two-handed. Go ahead and roll me a D10 on that. I don't want to be manipulative, so I, I feel like that's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's... <laughs> yeah, but let's roll me a D10. Damn, okay. So yeah, you get the 10... And you are also going to get a bonus on top of that because it is a magical quarter staff that you're using that gives you a damage bonus anyway. Uh, so you rear back and just clock this guy right in the back, and he stumbles forward a little bit, not quite into John, but he uh, he feels that one, and that's stung. Awesome. Do I know what that bonus was that I got, or will I find that uh, out later? You'll find that out later. Word to your mom. Thank you, sir. Cool, cool. Uh, all right, uh, so that brings us to Mosher. Mosher, what are you doing? Um, I'll go with another fireball. Do it. I believe in you. And that's a 14, which is just, it, it, it sails right over his shoulder. It just like barely senses him, but that is not quite going to do it. So that's just, uh, that's just a little bit more. I, I promise in future levels you'll have a bigger, uh, a bigger bonus to hit. And this won't keep happening to you, but uh, for right now, that one sails on by. And are you going to do any movements or anything like that? No. All right. Uh, so there goes that fireball. Next up in the order is going to be this bad boy who is still in front of Solgrid, and he doesn't really have any more convenient targets without disengaging, so he's going to go ahead and attack Solgrid again. Uh, one attack is on the first one, he does crit. So that's fun. On the second one, he is going to miss you wildly. So let's see what happens on the first attack here that he crit with. Oof. Uh, Solgrid, I'm sorry. Um, 
So he uh, just rears back with one of these claws and just swings it right at your neck and grabs it, and, you, and it just digs right into you and just goes right through your armor. And it hurts like a motherfucker. And that's going to be 16 damage. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, what, are you, what are you at right there, Silbrick? What are you looking like? Uh, I am I am incredibly hurt. There, there is blood gushing from every wound. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the, the frontline boys aren't looking good right barely, now. They're barely standing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Festival like work. Probably on one knee. Yeah. Mm. All right. Doing hot. We'll, we'll see where this goes. Festival, what are you doing? Oh, well, I was going to go heal John. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what to do now. Go Solgard. Yeah, but John's going to have a turn sooner. And this guy is going to have a turn sooner. Damn it, y'all. Why'd you got to go get hurt? All right, I'm going to go heal Solgrid. There you go. What are you what are you using to do that? Casting cure wounds. Uh, okay. Roll it uh, so 1d8 plus your spellcasting ability modifier. Sweet. I'm assuming you're casting this at uh, level 1. Yes, I am. So it's 9. Okay. So there you go. So when you get 9 points of health back, which is might just save you here. <laughs> so uh, write that down. And Fetral, you do anything else here? Um, I am not within range of that guy, so I'm going to step back too and use the rest of my movement if that's chill. Cool, cool, cool. I should stop. Uh, I should stop doing that. Anywho, yeah, you so after Fetral's turn, we're going to go back to the top of the order. First, Soul Grid, you get revenge. Attack this dude. Only two of us have been attacked, correct? That is correct. Everybody else is still uh, looking fine and dandy. Um, how would the other person describe their wounds? Uh, John, how do you how do you think you're looking over there? Ah, uh, just just full of holes, uh, leaking a, a, a lot. Um, shaky. I mean, I mean, out of character, you guys can totally just tell each other what your HP is currently. Oh, uh, okay. That's also a good point. Are you below half health? Yes, oh, he is. I, yeah, yeah, I think I'm down to five okay. or six. Uh, okay. He's at five. Uh, I'm, at fi I'm at five. I'm going to do two separate things. I'm going to do channel divinity and then um, lay on hands. So channel divinity will heal everyone below half health for an amount that I'm about to roll. Okay, okay. That's cool. So for, for six, uh, so you are below half health, half health as well? Correct. So both of us gain six health, and then I'm going to lay on hands myself for... Let me check the amounts if I can do I was always told growing up that I wasn't supposed to lay on hands myself. <laughs> Sinner. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can actually do... Uh, 11, so I'll do 11. Okay, so you, Solgrid, are getting back 17 points, and John, you're getting back 6. Got it. Thank Colin. you. I look very healthy now. 
you guys really, really, yeah, you guys really should take a rest after this, though. Uh, all right, so that is Solgrid's turn. John, you're up. You're looking a little healthier. What are you going to do? Uh, well, let's see here. Um, how is uh, the guy that I'm engaged with right now, how's he looking? Uh, pretty cut up. He's bleeding. Uh, he still looks strong and virile, but uh, he, he, he definitely has taken quite a bit of damage. All right. I am going to take a swing on his other arm. Okay, okay. Do it. Uh, yeah, 11 just uh, isn't quite going to do it. You, uh, you're feeling a little bit better, but you, you didn't have the strength to do that one. So you're going you're gonna to miss him. And right. if you're if you're not doing anything else, uh, that's gonna um, be just moving right over here. So control and enter. Uh, so, quick reminder: uh, if you're gonna move, if you're not disengaging, he is gonna get an opportunity attack. He's still with. Eco, oh, right? is he still within? Oh, if he's if you're still yeah, within. Yeah, yeah. Range, I, was, I was just moving oh, okay. one foot over. Yeah, yeah. I was not disengaging okay. at all. Okay. I was okay. sort of shifting myself. Okay, okay. Uh, then you're good. So then it's going to be that guy right here. And he's actually going to swing around uh, and just kind of turn on a heel and attack Yaku right behind him because that last hit the Yaku did hurt pretty damn bad. And so he's, uh, he's going to attack first with one arm for uh, an eight, which is not going to do shit. And then on the other arm, which John injured earlier, uh, he's kind of got it back, but I'm going to say he's going to roll disadvantage on that one. So we're going to do... I got the same number both times, and that number happens to be a 16. Uh, does that hit you, Yaku? How do I know if it hits me? Uh, what's your I, AC? I've, I've, yet, I've yet to be hit. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, first time. Cool. What's your what's your AC there on your uh, character sheet? 13. Yep, 16 is going to hit you for sure. Uh, so that's only the one hit he does, though, and that's going to be... The third, that's gonna be nine damage he does to you. Ouch. Yeah, these these guys hurt a little bit. And he swings out, and you uh, you get slashed by a hook hand. Uh, but that's all he's gonna do. And Yaku, it is it is right back to your turn. Going to um, swing for his head. I'd, I'd like to. Uh, all right. I'd like to try to concuss this idiot. Okay, you still got the two-handed quarter stuff up. Uh, with your like a boss. Magic ship. Yep, go ahead and swing it. Um, and I'm sorry, remind, I just I just literally just clicked the um, quarter staff, correct? Correct. And one second. Boom, yeah, that's going to hit. Roll some damage, which is still your mm-hmm. dead. Okay, not quite as good this time, but you do uh, clock him in the head, and he does look a little dazed from that. And, and that, you, you have that bonus on there, too, whatever it is, right? I do. Uh, yeah. So this guy is looking, uh, he's looking worse for wear, for sure. The other guy's still looking pretty healthy, but this one is uh, definitely wearing down. And next up and there, we have, oh, go ahead. There's nothing on them, right? There's no, there's no armor. I mean, they're just, they're just creature, right? There's nothing. Uh, yes. Go, come, thank you. All right, uh, Mosher, what are you doing? I believe you can, I believe you can hit him this time. Come on, let's go. She'll touch. Yeah, that'll hit. All right, which one are you targeting? Doing top or bottom? That one? Bottom. All right. Roll some damage on that. All right, so five uh, necrotic damage. Yeah, you reach out with your spectral hand and just kind of uh, grasp him around the throat or something, and he uh, shivers back from that, and he looks like he's a little, uh, he, he's got a little bit of rot going on. 
But uh, yeah, you have you've hit him. Solid job. Uh, next up, uh, unless you're doing anything else, we are going to have uh, that second guy that you just hit. And he doesn't really have a lot of good options that aren't just continuing to attack Silvered here, so he's going to roll. And first one is a 23, second one is a 22, so those are both going to hit. Yes. Alright. So with both of those hits, he's going to do a total of 20 damage to you. Okay. And he just uh, rips into you. How, you. how you looking there? I know you just got your 17 back. Back to where I was. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you got that back then, and you can survive the to fight another day. Uh, and then Fetral, that's you. Okay. Um. Oh, gotta make everything harder now. Oh. I'm going to cast heroism, heroism on Soulgrid. Okay. And so I have to step over here and touch. And a willing creature I touch is imbued with bravery. Until the spell ends, the creature is imbued, immune to being frightened and gains temporary hit points equal to my spellcasting modifier at the start of each of its turns. Which my okay. modifier is plus two. Okay. Cool. So, uh, at the start of your ne his next turn, he gets uh, two temporary hit points? At the start of each of his turns for the next minute, yes. Okay, sounds good. Um, and is that all you're doing? Uh, I believe that's all I can do. I'm gonna step back to where I was again. Alright, so then we're going back up to Silvered. Uh, two to Actually, I'm gonna go ahead and cast that at a level 2 and do the same thing to John. I can target one additional. So, I'm gonna cast that at level 2 and do it to both of them. Okay, cool. As long as you got the spell slots for it, then you're good. So Silvered, that's you. 16 hit. Yes, it does. Great. So, uh, I'm going to use my... Um, <laughs> you smash his teeth in. I'm going to use my last spell slot. Do it. Bam. All right. So, yeah, you uh, you you see this divine light kind of just, you know, you smack him in the face and it kind of shines out of his eyes for a bit and screams in, uh, in under pain. Uh, that was a 14 damage hit. That's a pretty big one. This guy is now looking uh, worse off. Uh, so that was Solgrid. Uh, John, you're up. All right. So John, at the start of this turn, you're going to get two temporary hit points. So those are going to go in the temporary hit point as opposed to the regular hit point window because at the end of this combat, you're going to lose those. It just lasts while my spell is active. Okay, so I get to this turn, and do I get an additional two next turn if there's another turn, or is it just static until the battle ends? It'll, it, it, as long as I'm concentrating on the spell and don't do something else or get hurt, you'll get two each start of your... Okay. So as long as I'm not casting other spells, you will get two temporary hit points each turn until the combat's over. Okay, perfect. All right, uh, then the guy that I've been swinging at now, who has his back to me, uh, would like to uh, run up and uh, stab him in the back. Okay. All right, twenty is definitely gonna do it. Nice. Ooh. Nice. Nice. Yeah, you you just run him right through, and he is looking pretty terrible. 
uh, and he, you know, you have this gaping wound in his back now that's uh, that's kind of bleeding out. He's not, he is not doing great. And anything else you're doing right now? Um, no, no, I'm. That's it. End turn. All right. Uh, so then that's the first guy. He is going to swing back around at that because he's just like retaliating against anybody who hurts him right now. Swings back around, puts his back to Yaku, and is going to attack you again, John. Uh huh. And we're gonna have one which is 14, which is gonna hit you. The other one is gonna be disadvantage, which doesn't hit you. All right, so he's gonna do one hit for 14 damage. Uh, dead. All right, so unconscious. John is he is unconscious. So John is okay. down right now. Uh, so this is the first time this has happened, I believe. So basically what that means is uh, unless somebody is helping him out here, then the next time it gets to your turn, John, you're going to be doing a death saving throw and seeing just how uh, bad off you are. How many cool. hit points did you have of regular hit points before you got hit? Eleven. And then you had the two temporary hit points on and top of that? And then the two that. made it thirteen. So, so you only yeah. have minus one. So at the start yeah, of your yeah. next, at the start of his next turn, he gets the plus two still, as long as I'm concentrating. So he'll be stabilized. He'll be back to one hit point. Cool. I mean, there's no negative hit points, so he'd be back to plus two. He is just at zero. Okay. Well, then he doesn't actually have to roll a death save because he'll be at the start of his turn. Awesome. All right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, then that being said, that was that guy who takes John down, Yaku, you're up, you're now to this thing's back again. So, um, tell me how it works, if I'm holding my staff, um, what would, what would it take to switch weapons that have full turn? Uh, it would be an action. So, yeah. Which, it, which is, which is a turn, yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, okay, so his back's to me, right? Yes. Do I, um, if you already um, explained this, please forgive me for having you to do it again. Um, how, how tall are these things? Uh, I mean, not, not really much bigger than you are. They're, uh, uh, they're, 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 you know, like big humans, really. Roger. Like, do, do I have the, do I have the ability? Clearly, I, I know I need to roll, but, um, could I potentially like, get my um, my staff like in between his legs and trip him up to get him on the ground? Um, like to like kind of like sweep. Yeah, like, it's like yeah. sweep and hit kind of together. Like kind of like I guess what I'm thinking is like putting like I'm thinking about like spokes with a bike, if you will, you know. But like putting him between the legs and like shifting my body enough that it it throws him off balance. And I'd, uh, I'd like to do it in the, the same direction that whatever he just hit. So, kind of in a um, like in a keto way, like using whatever momentum. Thinking about his balance in general, but you know what? Sure. Uh, go ahead and make an attack roll. And if it's let's say, let's say if it's a, uh, you know what? Just make an attack roll. We'll see what happens. And it, I'm I'm rolling the quarter staff, correct? Yeah. There you go. Uh, Yep. So that is not that is not a hit anyway. Like if it was a hit, we could have talked about it. But uh, yeah, you you try the fancy maneuver; it doesn't work out. That's a great idea, though. I have a question uh, for you, really quick, with with yes. Shillelagh. 
So it, yeah. it mentions using my um, my spellcasting ability as opposed to like my my strength or whatever. Would would I still be rolling on the quarterstaff for that, or would I be using something different? Um, that's so, part uh, of like the bonus I get, right? Um, so that would be, depend on what your yeah what your spellcasting is. So you're getting a plus two to hit with your quarterstaff right now, uh, at least on the surface. Um, what is your spellcasting ability modifier, which should be in your spell sheet? Let me look. That would be on my spells? Yes. My spell attack bonus is five. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah. So in that case, if you're doing shillelagh, you would get the plus five. Uh, Roger. Okay. Which would actually hit him. So that does turn into a hit. Sweet. Uh, so roll damage on that and then uh, uh, since you're trying to sweep the leg we're gonna say you can probably do that but just roll some damage sure um that was the d10 d8 d10 gotcha i would imagine i mean i'm not swinging like i was swinging for his head before so i i would assume it wouldn't do there'd be some sort of minus to damage i don't know but no. whatever no do All you right. have <laughs> do you have an object in your other hand no. Then you'd be using it as a two-hander. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess what I was saying, though, is because of the, the skill of what I'm trying to do, as opposed to just swinging it like a baseball bat, my assumption is that maybe the damage would be less. Oh, okay. no. No, Gotcha. We, we don't do that, Shin. Uh, cool. Yes, but you that is a really solid hit. This dude is not looking great, and it, he just goes down. He falls on his back, and he's going to start his next turn prone, which is going to take basically his entire... Uh, moving etc to get up uh so he is down right now awesome uh and he's, jump his ass. that since he's down anybody who's attacking him is going to go ahead and have advantage on an attack roll uh so that dude's down and looking really really bad uh so that was yaku mosher you're up um all right so i i realized i was uh not understanding my spell slots totally, so I actually have way more than I thought I did. Um, That's always a good thing. Yeah, so we're going to see how much of my bearings. Alright, I'm going to use this bad boy. Alright. Agonazer's Scorcher. Okay. A line of roaring flame, 30 feet long and 5 feet wide, emanates from you in the direction that you choose. Uh, each creature in that line must make a dexterity save. Uh, failed save, 3d8 fire damage. Half spent unsuccessful save. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, so which, what, uh, who are you targeting with this? The bottom one. Bottom oh, one. Prone, actually, sorry, hold on. Yeah, which, uh, actually, yeah, oh, crud, oh, actually, no. Dang it, I'm blocked. Never mind. Uh, I mean, you can do it, right? Like... If you, yeah, I mean, you can move yeah. completely. You can you can go over here and cast it and be fine. Okay, it's like five feet wide though. Is that gonna be? Uh, I mean, if you there there are ways you can cast it where you're not really gonna get. Uh, oh yeah, because that's right there. Here. Okay, okay, let's do that. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say you can you can figure out you're trying to attack this dude, right? Okay. So yeah, you can if you move over here, you can do an angle where you can you can hit him without uh, getting anybody else in it. So he's, uh, I don't think you have to roll to hit with that one because it's just an area of effect spell. So it's going to make a dexterity saving throw. Let us see. 
these guys are not very dexterous. Um, he is going to roll and succeed on that, but he still does take half damage, so go ahead and do your 3d8 damage on that. This guy's still looking healthy enough to slide out of the way. Yeah, that's not bad. So you, you slide over there and just emanate this giant kind of uh, ray of fire that goes right away. He tries to dodge and get underneath it, but he still uh, gets pretty badly scorched by it. And it smells like cooking hook horror in here, which uh, actually doesn't smell half bad. It's kind of chickeny. Uh, so he gets cooked pretty good. And after Moshare, it is this guy who's going to go. And I think with that one, he is actually going to turn. And he is going to... Moshare, did you did you move over here somewhere? Is that where you're trying to go? Uh, just I just moved a square down where I'm at. Uh, okay, we well, can probably do that. Um, so I think he's going to turn and he's going to disengage from you, Solgrin. Uh, and he's going to move off in Bosher's direction, but uh, that's all he's going to be able to do. So he disengages and moves. Second one. Then... Next, we're going to have Fetchel. What are you doing? I'm going to use my bow, and you keep pinging on your sneakies, Chris, and you're I, shifting I, I, I know, I know. Very I know, it's really that you're sneaking sneakies. I know, it's really annoying, but... Stop pinging it. Okay. You're trying really hard to pretend like I don't see this. I know, I know. What are you doing, Fetchel? I'm going to shoot my bow and arrow at the one that just rushed Moshare. Alright, go for it. Uh, not quite going to do it. I'm not good at that. I'm just, you yeah, know. Need to, you need to practice that bow a little bit. Uh, anything else you're doing? No. Cool. So, before we go back to the top of the order with you, Selbred, um, something happens over here. And let's see, let's see exactly what that is. So this guy's down on the ground, and you, Yaku, there are, are seeing him, and John, you're you're sitting there. And while he's kind of writhing around on the ground, you see, you hear kind of a, a, a slight whooshing sound, and then there are just two daggers that are sticking out of this dude, uh, and something has thrown daggers at him and they're sticking in, and he is bleeding out a lot more heavily now, and moving less. He's not quite dead, but uh, something has, has thrown stuff at him. And then, Fetchel over here, and Mosher, you notice that uh, there's another uh, kind of flitting, whooshing sound, and an arrow flies right past this guy and sticks itself into the cave wall over here, uh, right behind you. And then Solgrid, you're up. It's your two temporaries. So they stack? Yes, yeah. at the start of the turn, yes. Um, okay, so I got very confused. I thought one of these was already dead. Um, no, this guy is prone and down. Uh, he, he looks very, very bad. He, he is on death's door, but they're both still technically alive. Okay, then I'm going to the one that disengaged. Alright. Head to that one. You swing up behind him. 
17 will hit, and you clock him right in the back of the head. And that's all you're doing? Yeah. Okay, this guy's looking pretty rough right now as well. Uh, then next up in the order, you're going to have uh, John. You're back up to two hit points, so you are no longer unconscious. You get the temporary HP from Fetral, so you all can right. uh, you, you are back up. He, she used a bow last her last time, so that that allows me to I can still have the two. Yes, because or... I use magic and I didn't take damage. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, uh, this guy is yeah. Grown. This guy, you're, yeah, you're gonna have advantage, and he's almost dead. So I'm gonna say just uh, this, just, just roll and don't suck. God, you ask so much of me. I do. I'm a demanding. Yeah, guy. I feel like that's not possible with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And you're you're gonna do plenty of damage, so you, you just go ahead and finish this guy. All right. All right. Body blow. Uh, yeah. So, you, uh, any any special way you want to do this? Yeah, I would like to just slowly walk up his back, and <laughs> as I'm bleeding and leaking, I would like to just put the tip of my blade against the back of his head. And then as I collapse to the ground, kind of you know, tired, it goes right through the, his dome. And uh, then I pull it out, and uh, I'm happy. Sick, bro. Uh, all right, yeah, that dude's dead. He is He is completely gone. And so then we're back to Yaku. Since that guy's dead, what are you doing? That was very, uh, very Kurosawa of you, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Am, am I able to, in the midst of initiative, am I able to um, figure out where those gaggers came from? I'm, I'm assuming they, they flew somewhat close to me. Uh, yeah, roll perception. There are eight samurai now, well played. Um, perception? Yes. Uh, yeah, you can tell they came from behind you. They came somewhere off in this direction, but you don't see anything back there. Um, even with uh, my um, dark vision. Uh, yeah, you see, you see some vague shapes off there, but uh, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't see anything definitive. Uh, but they came from somewhere over there. You know, on guard, I'm going to start moving in the direction uh, this way. And by on guard, I mean obviously just, um, and someone just threw daggers from this direction, so I'm. Yes. I'm, I'm going to be walking that way. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 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 bullshit. Bullshit. I have one spell slot left. I am going to cast. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. I will put it up there for you right now. Daylight. 60 foot radius sphere spreads uh, of light spreads out from a point you choose within range. The sphere is bright light and sheds dim light, etc., etc. All right. Um, where are you casting that? Um, in the direction where you said I can see figures, but I couldn't make them out. Okay, so if you cast it right up here, uh, there's a you're creating a 60 foot radius of light, and over here uh, you see uh, a guy, and the, he's kind of startled by the light that kind of sh shows up. Uh, but it's a guy wearing very dark leathers. Uh, and he's got a cloak, and he blends in very well with the rest of this cavern. Um, but he's got a... Uh, he just got a bow out, and it, it looks, from what you can see, 
He looks to be like uh, probably a drow. And he is uh, a what? He's a, dr- a drow. He's a he's a dark elf. Oh god. So, so he he's, there's a guy over here with a boat, and he sees you and looks kind of startled. I'm just gonna hold up a peace sign. Cool. Uh, he just he just looks <laughs> stunned. Uh, cool. Gotcha. If, uh, and Mosher, you're up. I know you gotta you gotta head out pretty soon, but you could probably knock something out here. Yeah. Um, and the guy right in front of me is still. Is he prone, or is this? Uh, this guy's not. He's he's not looking good though. He's been he's been hurt pretty badly. All right. So you're doing magic missile, casting that out. Uh, sorry. For those other for those other D4s at me. Alright. So that's a 2-5 and a 2 for Magic Missile. Uh, so we're looking at 9 damage. You uh, let those loose and they drill him right in the chest. And he, he staggers backward a little bit uh, and kind of bumps into Soul Ridden and he's looking not good at all. This guy is uh, he, he's you know a stiff breeze away from getting knocked over probably. Uh, sweet. So that was Moshare. It is now this guy's turn, and he's gonna power through it, and he is just gonna, like, find his footing again and come up and just take a swing at you there. Moshare. Uh, nat 1 for the first roll. He, you know, stumbles a little bit and kind of goes down to one knee and has to pick himself back a little bit. Uh, and then that's a 9 for the second roll, so he messes with both attacks. And he is, uh, he's kind of down on his knees, kind of wildly swinging around in a berserk rage because he knows he's about to die. Um, and then to Soul Reddit, you hear this before you see it. And you hear the jingling and clanking sound of somebody in, like, plate armor uh, just fucking booking it. And coming up from behind you is this guy and you kind of look over your shoulder and you look around and see this big bald drow who's wearing this dark black and plate armor it's got a giant great axe out and he takes the great axe and swings it right down at this uh this horror right here and he definitely hits and the, the great axe just kind of cleaves right through this thing's right arm and cuts it off. And the arm is just, like, down on the ground. This thing isn't quite dead yet. But uh, this this dude is just, like, right behind you and looks furious. Uh, and then Fetchful, it's your turn. This, this thing is almost dead. All right, I'm going to try to shoot it with my bow. Yes, you do it. And I do six damage. All right, you take the bow out. You you missed a couple shots at first, but you finally knock that arrow that's going to strike true. You let it loose, and it sails right into the side of this thing's head, and he just gets knocked sideways and hits the ground and is dead. Fuck yes. Now that combat's over, though, unless we're going to fight these other drow, uh, John is going to lose his temporary hit points and be unconscious again. That was gonna be my next question. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we? Uh, if we're out of combat, I can lay on hands them. Yeah. Oh. So people had questions. What's up? Yeah, I was just gonna ask about like potions or like that red. Like I still have like that red vial, which we don't know what it is, but <laughs> yeah, it you could don't. be. It could be uh, some type of healing something. Yeah, you can know. drink it and find out. 
poured down my throat. Why well, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I didn't try it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I can lay on hands him for one hit point. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, but point. we need to talk to these other dudes too. Uh, yeah, and as soon as combat ends, so you're looking around now, and these guys are kind of stepping out of the shadows. And then there's a guy over here who's a drow, uh, kind of ranger-looking guy with a bow that he's got. He's still got an arrow knocked into it, and he is ready to fire, but he's not pointing it at anybody in particular. There's this big dude down here wearing the plate armor, and he's got the big battle axe that just turns and looks at Solgrid. He's got his hands on his weapon, but is not moving to attack. And then out of the shadow uh, steps this other figure who is... Uh, of a drow woman who's got two daggers uh, up, and she's got her daggers in both of her hands, and she looks, you know, very determined and is looking almost very suspicious until she looks over and sees you, Fetral. And this is somebody that you recognize. Is it Shamira? It is, it is your old friend, Shamira. Shamira! And she looks at you and is just like, Fetral? I'm going to run over and kiss her. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, and she, she sees you and kind of just drops her daggers. And you, uh, I, I'm assuming you guys are still on good terms. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you, you run over and embrace her and, and give her a kiss. And uh, everybody else looks on really awkwardly. Uh, <laughs> uh, I walk over and give him one hit point of lay on hands. All right, so you ever, uh, John, you're back up. You're down. You're up to one hit point. Uh, before you do anything else dumb, you should probably take a long rest. Uh, but we'll get there. Um, so we're we have some stuff to resolve with this group of drow that's just come out of nowhere. Uh, however, it's just about eight thirty. Character, you have to take off. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I I might be able to come back. All right. Like uh, let us know if you did. Uh, at least we we got through that combat. And that's going to get you guys a really solid amount of XP that we'll deal with uh, in a little bit here. Um, uh, before I go, though, do we yes. does, does anyone have like extra potions or other more health things? I think two people bought health potions when we were at the market, and that was John for sure. I don't know yep. who else did. I think. And then he just used it, so I didn't buy one. I, I thought, thought I was the only one. I thought Solgrid did, but I did as well. Yeah, okay. so Solgrid still got one. But do we? Sorry, are the? Is it seeming like we're going to go into battle again, or are these people chill? Um, it, it doesn't seem like they're going to attack you right away. It, they're, I mean, I mean, Fetral's apparently making out with the lieutenant. Yeah, Fetral knows somebody here, so it seems like this. Uh, this isn't going to go south right away, at least. So is there, like, I guess I'm wondering if we might be able to survive and, and be okay, or if we should try and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to give too much away here, but yeah, you guys are going to be fine for a little while. Yeah, if nothing else, you'll be able to take a short rest pretty soon here. Okay. Um, all right, well then I, uh, I mean, I don't know, do we want to do something creative where I disappear into the shadows, or I go back in the other room temporarily or something? Uh, it's up to you, man. If you have a really cool exit you want to make, you you, you do it. But uh, if just, not, you can just be a silent observer that's hanging out. I'm just gonna cast uh, cast Prestidigitation. 
make like a little little wimpy puff smoke cloud <laughs> and then go back into the <clears throat> into the other room for a little bit. Alright. <laughs> so you guys have so I, I just want to recap what's happened here. You guys just killed these two horror things. Uh John popped back up from being on the edge of death. Fetrol ran up and is making out with some chick who came out of the shadows and Mosher just created a puff of smoke and pieced the fuck out of the room. So this <laughs> yeah. this has all happened in the last 15 seconds. This is like a really weird scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Um, so, Kurt, have fun. Uh, if you can, come back on and join us. Go for it. But uh, thanks, for, thanks for being part of half the game, and we'll be sure to schedule the next one at a time where you can actually make it. So... Hey, so, yeah. I have a question. Yes. I'm curious about um, Sebastian. Uh, Santiago? That's what I said. You heard me wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I usually... <laughs> yeah, I usually do that. Uh, yeah, he's cool. Um, I mean, you didn't go down or anything, so I think he's just been, like, holding on for dear life on your shoulder, and maybe, like, maybe like he, he burrowed under your cloak or something, and he's just been kind of hiding out for the duration of this battle. But uh, after the battle is over... He uh he he comes back out and is just like, oh man, that's that was not a chill time. I that, did did we turn into like some kind of lightning or some shit there, bro? Uh, we can discuss this later, friend. Okay, that was pretty that was pretty cool, but yeah, battle battle yeah, not usually my thing. Uh, you know, I'm a guy that can gotta get stepped on and all. So uh, you're safe with you're safe with me. You're safe with. Me. Appreciate it, friend. Uh, and so that being said, before we get into what's going to happen with these drow, we'll go ahead and do our, our intermission here and take 10 and come back. Uh, so to jump back into this scene, what's happening here is you guys have been approached by these three drow, one of which apparently Fetral is intimately familiar with. Uh, and the the other two are just kind of... The other two are just kind of looking at this situation. Uh, and the guy with the big warhammer just like kind of clears his throat, and uh, then Shamira over here uh, breaks away from you, Petrol, and it's just like, oh, uh, 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 sorry, sorry, sir. Um, we're we're friends. We 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 go way back. Petrol, uh, he's he's, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, would would help me out of any jam. He's, uh, sorry, sorry. Um, and then kind of just backs away and shuts up. And the big guy looks to all of you and is still kind of gripping his axe and just just says, I'd like to know your purpose here. Uh, and I'd like to know that in an expedient fashion. Out of character? I'm like nearly dead, so I don't Me feel too. like I'd talk a whole lot right now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and Mosher just. And I, out, I would so. rather I would rather talk I'd rather talk with the glowing uh, lichen on the wall. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess I'll talk. Um, oh, uh, uh, yes, we were seeking someone who was lost from the town. Shut up, Brad. <laughs> 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 oh. Man. We we came here uh, from from the town. I don't remember the name of the town, Chris. It's Oriton. 
We came here from Oriton, uh, uh, seeking uh, a woman we really still aren't sure the name of, and um, she she's gone missing from the town. And we found he, a mask he, that led us to this mine. And he cuts you off and says, "Describe the woman you're looking for." Um, Eleanor or Dolores. Um, she. She came down here. She she was roommates with this older woman in town. Um, do do I, I don't have in my notes a physical description of her, Chris? Uh, yeah, I, I out of character, I get that. Um, yeah, you. I mean, you you surmised from your your interviewing of people in Oregon that she was uh, you know, she was an older woman. You you don't have a physical description though, so you can. I mean, you can yeah, be forthright just- with that. She's an older woman from the town. Um, we met her her roommate. Her house turned into chalk, and she's been missing for a couple of weeks. Um, we talked to some statue in one of the other rooms who said that she was like stealing some pages from a book. You talked to us. You talked to a statue. Where? Through the little tree shrine. You. You, you've been into the hall. And you I'm just going to look at Shamira and like shrug. Yeah, we got a paper too. Uh, you, okay. So when you say that. I'm going to volunteer that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, this big guy looks over at you, uh, Solgrid, very pointedly and raises his axe just a little bit higher. And and says, "You took something from that place. We didn't take anything. It was given to us. And bro, I'm half dead. <laughs> you could put the oh. axe down." He 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 lowers it a little bit and, and just says, "Look, uh, we're not we're not typically very welcoming of outsiders, but oh, I know." And I wink. Oh God! Uh, she winks back, um, but he he and he decides to ignore this, and he just says, "But these are these are very odd times, and if you've come through the Crystal Cavern, and if you've been to the Hall, and you've you've come out of that with your minds intact, then you might be capable enough to help us." Oh, you're asking for help. We're offering you the chance to prove your worthiness. I'm going to wink at Shamira. I lift my bloody head off the ground and say, uh, my, my, my middle name is worthiness and then lie back down. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that. Uh, and this dude just kind of just bows his head a little bit and, sh- and shakes it. Uh, the the other guy that's standing up by Yaku with the bow out is like stifles a chuckle. He just tries really hard not to laugh at that. But he he the big guy says, "Look, obviously you're uh, you came out from that battle uh, not unscathed. I can't uh, I can't speak for all of my people, and I can't offer you any kind of sanctuary here, but." I can take you back to our settlement and at least let you rest long enough to maybe prove useful. 
we would greatly appreciate any uh, hospitality that you would offer and uh, a place to rest would not be unappreciated. Lovely jubbly. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't even know what to make of that, uh, but he says, look, this is the Underdark and hospitality isn't a thing that exists. You better get that into your head right now. But we're not going to kill you. So that's a big first step. But if you would kindly follow us, follow us closely, there are there are things much worse than the hooked creatures down here. Well, if my companions agree, I think we'll go with you. Of course there's worse. I'm here. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Solgrid, roll an intimidation check on that. <laughs> oh, please. Please let me hit this. Shit! <laughs> uh, he, I, that might have worked better if you weren't half dead. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> but he he just looks at you with like almost a look of pity in his eyes. It says, "Just just come this way." Yeah, are you guys gonna follow him? Yeah, I'm gonna take out my uh, little um, bubble water pipe and uh, enjoy the scenery as I walk. I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper to Shamira like, "Do you do we have safe conduct?" She whispers back and says. Look, as as much as I can, I can't promise you anything. I don't call the shots here. I'm still really new to this, but I I I can do my best to ensure that you're treated fairly. Do you trust him? She says, "With my life." Very well. All right, I'm gonna follow uh, follow along and uh, listen to Santiago in the <laughs> chat. Because that seems uh, kind of great. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how much Santiago has to say right now. Just like every time you pass a particularly like, interesting like outcropping of glowing mushrooms or like a cool rock feature, he's just like, "Whoa, man, far out!" Oh, did that one just move? I think it just moved. Did it just move, man? Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so you're following these guys, and they take you through this winding. Uh, cavern and you kind of cross over out toward this direction on the opposite side and uh, go through this other passageway and as you approach this you see kind of a, a a glow that's reflecting along the cavern walls but they take you down this corridor and it goes for quite some time and you you probably walk for a good 20 30 minutes or so through various smaller caverns and then you end up emerging into a much, much, much larger space. And you walk into this cavern that is uh, at least half a mile, a mile across, uh, several hundred feet high. And it's a very uh, gigantic open space. And the first thing that you see coming up to it are these uh, enormous walls that have been carved intricately out of this black stone. And you see these these giant walls with a, a very large gate uh, set into the middle of them. And and you approach, and I'm going to bring you guys over here. And you come up and, and, and right to the edge of this gate with the three drow leading you. And as you 
get to the entrance way, you see a little guy that is uh, standing up on the, the top of the archway where the gate is, uh, kind of on top of the wall. This gate over here? Uh, no. So you guys are going to be coming in about uh, from down here, and the gate's just, you know, just off screen. But uh, you come in, and through the gate, you can kind of see the beginnings of this rather large uh, settlement that's been built into this enormous cavern. But you approach the gate, and from the top of the gate, there's this little guy that looks kind of like a gnome, uh, but has uh, darker skin, and he's completely bald. And he's wearing this long black cloak. And he calls down in this booming voice, Durden, who do you bring with you? And the, the big guy, the bald guy that's with you, just looks up and says, Ah, oh, Gret, Gret, look, Gret, look, cut the crap. Look, it, you don't, you, you don't have to cast magic to make yourself seem bigger than you. Can, can you stop? <laughs> and, uh, and the gnome just, uh, kind of coughs a little bit. And, <clears throat> uh, sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, you know, seems like I should have a more intimidating presence if I'm, uh, the gate guardian and all, but I, I, I apologize. Uh, who, who, who are these strangers you bring with you? Uh, while this is going on, can I do Divine Sense? Yep, we can do that. Okay. You're, you're, you're basically searching for anything that's uh, of evil. Uh, seeing, seeing if anyone is evil, or finding out if anyone's Celestial Fiend or Undead. Uh, celestial Fiend, Undead, no. The guy at the top of the gate... Um, does seem to have a little darkness about him. Like, he's not necessarily evil, evil, but uh, there, there is definitely a, a touch of something there. Also, are any of them very good? Not particularly, no. You, okay. you get, the, you get this, uh, uh, a couple of good life signs uh, that seem like they're coming from deeper past the gate into this village here uh, that are kind of scattered about, but uh, in your immediate company now. Okay. Chris, when, when you say gate, um, can you ping on the map where you're talking about? Uh, so it's not actually on the screen. It's, it's, oh, it's, sorry. it's down here based on the, the limitations of my map. Roger. Uh, but yeah, you have a, you have a giant gate. It, it looks very much like, uh, you know, an extension of like this kind of wall thing that's over here. It looks gotcha. very much and, like that. And what, what kind of proximity is the gnome to us? Um, so you guys are approaching the gate and you're about to walk through this giant uh, opening and he is standing on top of the wall right above it. And what was the name that he said to him? Uh, the, said, you, you, said you, you don't have to you don't have to be intimidating or whatever it was. Uh, the name was Gretlug. Gretlug. Gretlug? Gretlug. Yes. yes. So in, in, I speak Gnomish. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm just gonna say greetings, Gretlunk. Uh, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just say, I'll just give him a salutation in, in Gnomish. And he, he looks a little bit surprised and looks down at you and responds in, in Gnomish and says, I'm honestly a, a bit rusty with the mother tongue, but uh, it, it's, it's nice to meet somebody who, uh, who has a bit of culture down here. 
I suppose you and it you know. and it's and it's serendipitous to hear such a beautiful language down here. Wow, well, you just lay it on thick, don't you? Okay. Um <laughs> He 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 kind of gives a, a half-hearted smile at you and just goes, Yeah, yeah, all right, but but who who are you people? Don't don't everybody talk at once. Oh I, I, I just tell I, again I, I, in, in moments I just tell him we're here to rest. We are we yeah. are here to rest and to heal our wounds, having been so fortunately rescued from the hook monsters by these companions of ours. And he says, oh, all right, I, yeah, I guess you can come through. And the, the big bald guy that has been escorting you this whole time says, yeah, they they can come through because I said they can come through. Let's, let's listen <laughs> to that. <laughs> and, and, and at that, the gnome just kind of shuts up and stands down and he, uh, and he fully opens this gate. And you guys can wander through it. And you are led into uh, kind of the main stretch of this large village in this gigantic cavern. And you see all these kind of smaller, uh, kind of reddish tinted structures. And it doesn't really look like a shanty town. It looks like there's been some thought put into this. Um, and this, this is a settlement that's been here for quite some time. And there's some larger kind of black stonish looking structures. If you look over to your right as you come in, there's uh, a continuation of this gate that seems to surround some sort of large uh, keep or cathedral or some kind of building over here. Uh, directly in front of you seems to be a large, uh, almost town squarish looking area. Uh, to the opposite end of the cavern, there's a number of, of larger structures uh, that seem to be a bit more permanent uh and more planned out than uh all these other smaller kind of dwellings that you're passing by and that's what you get the, the the sense of is that these are kind of personal dwellings you know kind of a step up from tents but they're they're there and there there seems to be a pretty sizable population here and you see a bunch of people walking around uh most of whom are drought you do see a few other uh deep gnomes like the one you saw on top of the gate there's a couple of those walking around uh, here and there, you you maybe see like a half orc. You see maybe like one or two humans are here, but like the, the overwhelming majority are are drow or you know other races you would expect to see here in the Underdark. And you are led up through uh, the center of town here, and down this way, and down this way, and basically all through it. And as you're wandering through you notice that you know everybody who's out in the street just kind of stops to look at you and and pauses what they're doing and you draw a lot of attention and it seems like they they really don't get a lot of visitors here and so the this is very unusual for them and as you're passing this area times cool you're you're winning some points there i missed what'd you say oh just just bowing Tipping my hat to people. Uh, yeah. as and as you wander through uh, toward this area, you kind of see what looks like a a makeshift, you know, town square. Where in, in the center of it, there's this, you know, the the most notable feature. It's this giant, thirty, forty foot tall statue of a woman, uh, and she's wearing a very elegant robe and holding a scepter in her right hand, and she has a. Uh, a few uh, uh, religious symbols scattered around the base of this altar here. Uh, if anybody wants to make a religion check for me. 
I'll make a religion Don't check. Does she have the appearance of Mistra at all? Uh, no, doesn't seem that way. Thank you. Oh yeah, Solgard knows stuff about religion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Has no idea. Oh gosh, Fetchel, you think that's a pretty cool statue? It's a pretty <laughs> cool statue. I mean, does it have a pretty face? Uh, yes, it does actually. I oh do. yeah. You apparently also know stuff. Yeah, Yaku and Solgrid, you both uh, recognize this. And it's not a, like, a, you know, an effigy that you'd see a lot on the surface, but your studies have led you to believe that this is a statue of Elystre, which is a drow goddess, a, a kind of a lesser known drow goddess uh, of a lot of things, of beauty, of freedom, moonlight, uh, hunting, um, she's got a lot of she's got a lot of stuff going on, and I'm gonna lean over to Shamira and say, "Who who's the statue? How do you how do you spell that? I am going to type it in. It is it is hard to Thank spell, you. so hang on. Yep, for some reason there's two e's at the end. I I didn't make it up, so don't don't blame me. Um, because it's illustrate. Yes, it's it's, it's going to be the e e illustrate. Yes. yes. So that's who this is. And you, Fetchel, you're asking uh, Shamira or something? Yeah, who's, who's the statue? She says, that's uh, Illustrae. She's a goddess of beauty. Good, not, not goodness, but she's... I say, but I thought you were the goddess of beauty. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Make a sleaze bag roll. Um. Anyway, oh, that is gorgeous. <laughs> that is gorgeous. Uh, but I, I, I think she, she's still on such good terms with you and taken with you enough that, uh, she kind of blushes a little bit. And Fetchel, make a, make a perception check. Yeah, I don't see anything. Uh, yeah, you don't notice anything in particular. Um, but yes. Anyway, you guys know this is the goddess Ellie Street, and. It's kind of a fringe thing because uh, Yaku and Solgrid, from what you know of Drow society, uh, most of Drow society is considered to be pretty on the evil side of things. And they all kind of worship or revere uh, the goddess Lolf, who is very much evil, uh, goddess of darkness and decay and all that kind of good shit. And they tend to be very arrogant and very uh self-centered folk um but this this seems to be a a fringe group at least and the the goddess that they're you know at least venerating in their town square is on the you know probably the chaotic good side of things but still on the good side of the spectrum uh so anyway you're, you're passing that and you're still following the guy whose name you've learned is durden and he's taking you to this large structure toward the back of this tavern, uh, cavern. And he leads you up and says, we don't, uh, we don't really get many visitors here. Bit, uh, bit out of the way for a tourist destination. But I can't tell why. This is, uh, you know, this is a, a local gathering spot and what passes for a tavern and we could probably set you up some space here for you to uh, at least rest for the night. And as you you approach, you you see this larger building, 
which is uh, kind of built out of this black stonework and has some accents of like purple tapestries and whatnot that are hanging down outside the front door. And you see a sign above the door that says something in Undercommon, which you recognize, Fetral, but um, I believe we established none of you actually speak, so you don't know what it says. But uh, Durden opens the door and ushers you inside. And I don't actually have a map for this, so we're just going to have fun with our imaginations. Fantastic. But you go, but you go inside and you see what looks like a... It's almost a cross between like a, a military mess hall and, you know, barracks and it, just a very general purpose type thing where it, it doesn't really seem tavern-like. There, there is a bar there and people are sitting around at these long tables uh, eating, but it, it seems like these are all people like, you know, not really enjoying themselves or just like, all right. Our watch just ended. We're here to grab dinner before we go past the fuck out. And it's kind of a very serious type of atmosphere. And uh, behind the bar, you see a woman who is not a drought. And she is a tiefling uh, standing and is very busily, you know, trying to clear away some, uh, some dirty plates and stuff and kind of clean up the area. And she looks up as you walk in, and uh, you guys kind of awkwardly stand there because you're not sure where to fit in. And Durden, yes, Tiefling. Uh, Tiefling with an F. There, John. There Thank you go. You. Uh, Kristen spelled it. So the, the big guy walks up to her and says, Hey, look, uh, I know this is pretty out of the ordinary there. <clears throat> Sorry, but these these guys might be the capable sort, and they might be able to might be able to help us out with our little problem here. They've they've come through the hall, and they've come out of the hall. If that if that tells you anything, and you you see when he says that, her her eyebrows kind of shoot up a little bit, but. Uh, I, I told him I'd put him up for the night here. There, you look at him; they're not in good shape. So, if we can make some space for him somewhere, we'll uh, we'll cover other business in the morning. And she nods at him and is just like, "Of course, of course, it is. yeah." Uh, and she looks at you and just says, "Well, he- hello." Uh, well, hello. I'm- Do you have a name? Yes, I'm I'm Rick Sori. I am I guess what what passes for a, a, a tavern keeper around here, though this is not really what this is, but welcome to welcome to Three Deep. Welcome to my place. And normally it's normally it's much more of a a mess hall for the watch, but if there's if there's one building in town with extra room, it's this one. What's, what's so, your name again? It is uh, Rick Sori, which I can type. Rick Sori. <laughs> you want to see a Rick magic Sorry. trick? Oh, God. <sighs> <laughs> and she looks at you in a kind of amused way and says, I suppose so? You don't look, you don't look 
but you're doing great there, Sir Dwarf. Uh, maybe you should rest first before. Dwarves always drink before rest. And I take out my <laughs> I take out my my tanker to plenty, and I whisper. <laughs> and I down the whole thing, and I fall to the ground. <laughs> and you don't see the Sulgrid, but she chuckles and and kind of gives a half-hearted clap. <laughs> And looks at the rest of you and is just like, you all obviously need rest. So if you want to pick your friend up and follow me, I can I can set you up with some some quarters. All right. I'm assuming Fetrel's gonna be busy with uh the lady from before, so I'll uh I'll pick up Solgrid and he and I can soldier our way up to a uh and, and follow uh Rixori to the room. Yeah, so she. she I'm gonna assume. Her. I'm gonna ask if if Shamira has responsibilities before assuming things. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Wayne. Well, no, you might want to answer that. That sounds fun. Okay, so <laughs> you, Rachel, you you approach Samira and you're you're just like, hey, what do you, what do you, Hey, baby, what are you doing later? No, I'm asking <laughs> that she needs to attend to before I help pick up the drunk dwarf. And she says, yes, yes, I do. Things have been a bit chaotic as of late. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll find out more once you've rested up and had time to recover, but it's... We're not in the best shape, so yeah, as much as I'd love to catch up, I can't tonight. I'm going to blow her a little kiss and then help pick up the drunk dwarf. Uh, I, can I as, catch the kiss? There... <laughs> <laughs> you, you completely can. Sweet. So you, you, you catch that federal kiss and then you, you just plant that right on your cheek? Yep. Nice. Give a little wink. Um, uh, while they're picking up the dwarf, um, is there like a bottle or in, any any alcohol within reach that uh, Yaku can um, take with him back to his room? Uh, yeah, you just, you just gonna go for it and not really ask. You're just like, yeah, I'm gonna grab a bottle that's, that's laying around. <laughs> I'm. Oh yeah, I guess I'm not the stealing type. I just he just, <laughs> he at least likes the drink. Um, uh, I mean, he's, 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 a, he's a little enamored with it. Um, uh, is there is there any is there any alcohol or any remnants left of of um, after the drink that uh, homeboy just had? Like, is there a bottle out somewhere? I, I didn't I didn't hear what he did. Oh, he yeah. had his thing of plenty, his horn yeah. of plenty. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you have. That's, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm still learning about that. Uh, yeah, I just ask. I just ask if there if she has to go cups. Yaku, man, man of mystery and whimsy and raging alcoholic. Cool. Um, oh, and gorgeous. she takes she takes a look at you and like sees all you guys like with your armor hanging off and bleeding and whatnot, and just goes behind the bar and grabs an old dusty bottle of something. And she says, "This this looks strong enough," and tosses it your way. I I do a silly wood elf bow. <laughs> cool. Uh, she doesn't know what to make of that. Uh, anyway, Perfect. so you grab that, and, and anyway, you, you you guys are led to 
up to the second floor of this establishment. And it looks like you, you go through a couple of storage rooms, like a lot of stuff up here is covered in dust. It hasn't been used in a long time. But it's storage for, you know, various weapons and like dry goods and provisions. And she leads you back through those and takes you to a, a larger back room with, uh, you know, a few, a few cots that have been set up in it. And kind of points, uh, you know, points out uh, a few things and says, well, we don't, we don't have much in the way of creature comforts, but there's probably a few not moth-eaten linens around here. They, we don't really get moths in the Underdark. It's one of the few nice things about being down here, I suppose. And we've got a, a, a few things that you could probably use to make yourself comfortable. Are there any rocks around? Yeah, uh, I mean, no, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the general storage. There wouldn't just be piles of rocks, probably. Is there something really hard nearby? Probably. What do you want to do? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use it as a pillow. Uh, Okay. Yeah, you could probably find, like, I don't know, like, some some spare two by fours or something that that are laying around somewhere like a pile of bricks or something. I'll take that pile of bricks. God. All right. Um, <laughs> sure. You can do that. Uh, and you can tell like Rick's realistic really doesn't know what to make of you guys. Like you're, you're a weird bunch. And with that kind of excuses herself and just says, uh, I guess I'll, I'll see you when I see you. And hurriedly closes Thank the door. Sorry for your ever your kindness. And she says, "You're welcome." As she's already like backing away and moving very quickly downstairs. Uh, cool. So you guys are going to be able to pass out and take a long rest, uh, unless there's anything real oh, special you want to do. Before. Will Carrick's character be? Um... Eligible yeah. for the long rest in the. Yeah. I can't even remember if he had any damage or not, but. Uh... Yeah, he Spell did. He'll, slots. Yeah, he'll he'll he will have made his way here. Like, okay, you you won't I'm have to curious. go retrieve him from the crystal cavern. Yes, Wayne. I'm curious it, with the with the four hours, like the normal four hours for the elf. Um. So first question is, would that be sufficient for also healing my hit points? Um. And if so, after the four hours, I wouldn't mind. My character just went back downstairs and sat with that bottle and just observed and watched and listened. <laughs> uh, sure. So yes, you are you are a full blooded elf, which means you can totally do a long rest in four hours. So that is sufficient. You get all your spell slots and hit points back, and everybody has that back, by the way. And so you're wanting to to do your four hours of meditation and then kind of head back downstairs and yeah. While they're still sleeping, I just. Um... And not not to be the like creepy weirdo guy, but just just to enjoy the drink and observe as much as I can, and just take in whatever is going on around me. Uh, sure. So you wander back downstairs, and there's still like a ton of people there, and you kind of get the impression that this is just like the spot to go after you finish the shift. Like it, whatever these people are doing here, like there's a lot of people that are either on watch or, um. The almost part of a militia or something like that, but you you go down there and make a 
Make a perception roll. Cool. So with an 18, you overhear a lot of snippets of conversation while you're down there listening in. And there, I mean, it's not like anybody's specifically trying to keep anything from you. You're more of an oddity. Nobody's really approached you because like they, they, they don't really seem like the outgoing type, but you hear a few snippets of conversation. And in that you are able to surmise that uh, a few pieces of information. One is that the town, the settlement that you're in uh, seems to be called it seems to be called Forward Gate. And they they refer to it as like the Forward Gate Camp or something like that. Uh, so you learn that. You learn that there is a leader of this settlement who is like some sort of high priestess or a uh, wise woman whose name is Nasra. And she is... Uh, she went on some sort of diplomatic errand or something to another city much deeper into the Underdark. And she was supposed to be back a couple of days ago, but is uh, been delayed and nobody's heard from her. And there's concern over when she's getting back. And then you also overhear something about a some sort of creature that's been showing up almost every night and it it is showing up in middle of town terrorizing folk causing panic and whenever they they try to just kill it or deal with the issue something is preventing them from doing that and this it's it's become you know concerning because it's 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 gone from being a nuisance to being a, a something that's really concerning for them. Is that there any are, chance? Any chance? Any chance? Oh, they, any any chance? Um, within hearing about that, I, I'm able to get some sort of timeline with that, like how long that's been going on. Uh, it, it seems like it's been happening for some somewhere less than two weeks, maybe a week, maybe a little longer than that. Awesome, thanks. But that's about all you ever hear. Um, but anyway, we're going to fast forward and we don't really know if it is morning or not because time is really hard to tell here when there's no sun. However, all you guys wake up eventually, uh, around the same time feeling rested and refreshed and most of your wounds have magically gone away somehow. Uh, you guys are up the next morning. Uh, I'm assuming you probably head downstairs. Yep. Yes. Cool. Uh, you head down there, and I think Yaku's been down there for a while. And oh, yeah. Just, just, just for funsies, Yaku, make a constitution save. It's 13. Yeah, Yaku seems a little bit buzzed. Like, he's been, he's been, like, hugging this bottle for a while, but he, he's not, uh, he's not completely drunk, but he's, he's in a good, happy mental space. Uh, and you, and you walk down, and he's just like, Hey guys, how's it going? But uh, you, Sebastian, as, as you as you walked, oh Santiago's like passed out a while ago. I think um, he needed some rest. I don't know how long crawfish sleep for, but <laughs> that's not research that I did for this game. <laughs> Find your lack of dedication disturbing. I, I know. I'm, 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 
I'm fucking up and I fully admit that. <laughs> so anyway, you go down there and you see, um, you know, around the same time, a few minutes after you go down, Captain or whatever his rank is, uh, Durden, big bold guy, he, he comes in and looks at you and says, Oh, good. You're, uh, you're already awake. So, uh, feeling, uh, feeling better. I mean, I was feeling fine before, but I can speak for my companions and say they feel better, yes. That's, uh... We appreciate the hospitality of this place. Thank you. Sure. Look, so, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give you the rundown really quick here. This is in... In the common tongue, the best uh, approximation for the name of this place is is Forward Gate. And we're an outpost that's been here for quite some time. And our entire purpose is to be observers and to be watch guards for anything strange that might be happening in the temple that you folk were just in the one with the the trees and the walkways and and whatnot that was a confusing place is it it, it, more so than you know what can you tell us about the woman and and the book and the pages and everything that we encountered and at that he he almost looks a little bit ashamed and says that was an oversight. That was hubris on our part. Because for a very long time, our purpose here has been to guard that place, or rather to guard this place against anything that may be coming out from there. We were not prepared for someone apparently of means an ability and power who wanted to get in. That wasn't necessarily our, that wasn't our MO. We thought she was no threat. We thought a, a curiosity at best. And by the time that we found out we were wrong about that, it was too late and she was gone. But as I'm sure you know, what whatever she's taken from that place, and I don't know exactly what it is, but whatever she's been able to take from that place has power, and it's power that nobody in this world should have. Does Nasra have similar power? What was that, who? What? Does Nasra, is that the name you said? For the the high priestess or whatever, the leader? Oh. Nasra, Nasra? He, he looks down and looks back up and says, Nasra has been with us for a very long time. Uh, she's she's led us for over a century, and she is uh, immensely wise, immensely powerful. But the power that she wields is is nothing compared to the 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 sheer chaos of of whatever artifacts might come out of that place. Look, we, we've, we don't go in there. We, we were tasked a very long time ago 
with with watching and waiting and if if things try to, to to come out and try to exit that place we are here to stop them we until very recently didn't even know there was anything powerful hidden in there that that could be stolen and uh i guess that's that's a bit of an oversight on our part Pray tell us, how is it that someone came to exit from the place, regardless of entering? It's... Exiting that place is very difficult. And the fact that you have been able to do so is what gave me confidence in your abilities in the first place. It's coinciding with the... the strange woman that you're trying to track down. With... With her appearance, uh, <clears throat> some very odd things have happened here, and some very concerning things. And frankly, as uh, as as wise as we are, we're at a loss for how to approach them. Our leader Nazra has she's been delayed in returning. She's been gone for weeks on a diplomatic mission, and was supposed to return days ago, and has not been seen or heard from. We, we need her wisdom, but she has been, she has been uh, concerningly absent. And at the same time, there's been, there's been the creature that has thwarted our best attempts at trying to dispatch it. Creature, huh? How has it thwarted? Like, what, what exactly happens when you, when you attempt to? to attack the creature almost almost every night and last night strangely was an exception but it will appear and try to cause chaos and attack whoever it sees it has no rhyme or reason to what it's doing but it will appear be inside of our gates we'll engage it we attack it we try to kill it and then, as soon as it looks like we're about to strike the killing blow, the creature will dissipate and and disappear and and go elsewhere, leaving no trace, no body, only to return again the next night and sow more chaos. Nothing would have been able to do has <clears throat> had any effect on it. Sounds like something I want to fight. I'm sorry. I was only half paying attention. Out of character, I was getting digitized. <laughs> I, I was getting digitized, so I could, all I heard was so chaos. We attack, killing blow doesn't die. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he says, uh, "I was, I was hoping you'd say something like that because I feel like what we need is uh, is is somebody with a fresh ideas." I look at my bloodstained clothing and go, "Yeah, fresh. We're the picture of that." <laughs> Well, you, you've already proven your mettle in, in battle and, and <clears throat> a test of will whilst you're here under our hospitality, if you wouldn't mind at least observing what this is. Maybe you can help us figure out how to deal with it. Have you, have you tried to restrain it? When, yes, and when you see it, you'll understand why that doesn't work. Have you politely asked it to stop? 
And he looks at you and just says, I hadn't, uh, hadn't thought of that. He said fresh ideas. Uh, Solgrid clangs his shield and Warhammer together, saying, this is my polite. <laughs> that's splendid. That is awesome. Oh, that's good. And, uh, okay. And when you're in the middle of this conversation, everybody make a perception roll. Chris, did, did we ask him to describe the character? I mean, the character, the, uh, this monster yet, other than being horrific? Uh, no. Nobody has asked him to describe anything about it. Perception, by the way? Yeah. So, Silver 13, uh, John 13, Yaku 24. Yeah, Yaku, you, you definitely notice this. And while you're in the middle of this conversation, it seems like there is some sort of chaos that just takes off outside. And you hear the distant sound of screams. And right about the same time you notice this, uh, Durden notices this and draws his great axe and moves toward the door and just says, it's back. I'm going to pull up my hood. And starts running. All right, so you pull off your, your pull up your hood and you guys are all following him out the door? Uh, yeah, is it possible to be like, Taking out like bow and notching an arrow as we're running, or is that sure. uh totally cool? Totally, totally. So I'm gonna follow. Hammer cool. and shield drawn. So you I guys, guess we'll find out what it looks like. <laughs> so you guys all follow them out, and you run out to about the area of the town square, and, and you see people running to and fro, and just like you know women and children and whatnot kind of kind of running for their lives and you see a few uh folk that look like you know more like soldiers or militia that are moving toward this thing and as you approach you see standing around uh the general area of the town square is this monstrous looking thing that i don't actually have a picture for because i made this shit up Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like uh, it, it looks vaguely humanoid at first, and it looks kind of like uh, a man wearing these tattered white uh, linens that are hanging off of him. But the proportions of of the man seem all wrong, and it you know he, his limbs look uh, almost swollen and infected, uh, and he's got like this you know this bulbous, like, tumorous growth coming out of his midsection. And his face is, is swollen, and his cheeks are, like, puffed out and red. And he's just looking around, like, and you just see no sentience at all in his eyes. Like, this is, you know, basically a wild animal, and he's just, like, uh, chaos incarnate. And you I see I want to clang my... Uh playing my shield and hammer together again to get its attention. And you do that. And then you see him spread his arms out and open his mouth and coming from his mouth and like all these orifices on his body and it's like bursting from his skin. 
come thousands and thousands of little flying things and uh somebody make a somebody make a perception check on this so we're perceiving a lot of things in this episode well we hope yeah <laughs> not me yeah. 11 for Solbert. oh yeah yaku is really good at perceiving things uh yeah johnny you could like yeah who would know this and it doesn't take everybody else very long to figure this out because you hear like the incredibly loud buzzing sound and this this creature has erupted with thousands of bees and they are bees covered in bees and they are swarming everywhere and it looks at you and just all these swarms start converging and going toward you and everybody's gonna roll initiative against fucking bees Mm mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> not All for right. nothing we've we've got a uh, wood health hippie here so yeah maybe. this is gonna be fun dude <laughs> just start smoking that'll calm them down alright so that's Silver with oh. a 14 that's John with a 9 that is uh, Fetrol with an 8 Yaku with a 9 the slightly lower than John's is alright so we're gonna roll for Strange bee monster. Cool. So he's actually gonna go first. Did the guy dissolve into the bee swarm, or is the guy still there? Uh, the guy is still there. He looks much skinnier, um, and he looks like he—he he, he was like full of all these bees. Um, so yeah, he got in here first, and he's gonna be like right in this area. Um, you guys are like the size of buildings right now, which is like really fun. And Does he look? Dazed, like the, the whatever the bee dude does, like it looked like him expending those bees made him tired, or uh, he, maybe or a little bit. Okay. All right, so Ranger's gonna come in there, and we're gonna start this combat um, with uh, one of these other random dudes who's just gonna come up wielding, wielding a sword, who I don't gonna want to put on the map because it's just gonna be too crowded. And so this guy is gonna come first. Just run up uh, and try to avoid all the bees and go through them and go up to this this bee dude who's in the center is going to take a sword swing to attack and he is going to miss pretty handily uh, and gets distracted by all the bees. Next up we have Durden, big uh, paladin guy who's going to come up and uh, also try the same tactic, power through the bees because he can't fight bees, and takes an axe directly to this guy right here. He's gonna get one attack and hit. He's gonna get two attack and hits, and he's gonna do uh, quite a bit of damage. He takes his axe and swings back and forth and cuts into this dude. And when you you see it when he when he cuts into this guy, it doesn't appear that he's bleeding or that blood is coming out. Uh, if anything. It looks like there's this strange yellowy substance that looks like honey uh, pouring out of these wounds that are in it. Uh, but there's that. And then Bee Dude is going to move. And he's going to wave his arms around and command some bees. And they're going to swarm a couple people. So there's going to be a giant swarm that goes and attacks Durden here, who's right up front. 
he's going to make a save against that. Uh, and he's going to succeed and still I'm take so that I'm so disappointed about that. And still take that much damage, but he shrugs it off. And then there's going to be another swarm that goes and attacks the other heavily armored person nearby. And that's going to be, uh, say it's Solgrid. Solgrid, make a dexterity save. Uh, yeah, so you're not going to quite going to do it. And so you just get swarmed by these, this mass of hundreds and hundreds of bees that are coming in and trying to get under your armor and stinging you. And let's see. You're going to take 12 points of poison damage. Okay. Cool. And you get stung uh, stung up quite a bit. Next in the order, Solgrin, it's you. What are you doing? Uh, how many targetable enemies are there? Uh, well, you have the main dude here, and then you have a few different swarms of bees, which if you can find a way to target those effectively, I'm all for it. But uh, that's, that's basically what you got. Okay. You smoke. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go all in then, and I'm going to cast Shield of Faith, which ups my AC by two. Cool. And then, um, Champion Challenge. Okay. okay. Which everything uh, must make a wisdom saving throw on a failed save. They can't move more than 30 feet away from me. And uh, they're supposed to attack me. Okay, so it's going to make a wisdom saving throw. What's your what's your DC there? 13. Uh, yeah, it's going to make that. Somehow is immune to your charms. Uh, so you're casting that. Yeah. You doing anything else? Alright, so next we're going to have our ranger dude back here, and he is going to knock an arrow, try to shoot this thing, misses the first strike, misses the second strike. He's just, you know, maybe knocks a few bees out of the arrow with his arrows, but uh, doesn't do a lot of good. John, you're up. Alright, uh, yeah, I'll get in between Yaku and Fetral. Uh, and Captain uh, Angry Bee Pants over there. Okay. And uh, I am going to take a swing. Uh, yeah, that's going to hit him. All right. So, uh, so you're using the yeah, you're using the dagger here. So you're just going to pull that out, just try to stick it into him, and this four damage. And just as a reminder. Uh, you have had a long rest, so if you wanted to make the fancy sword again, you could do that. But uh, oh, it's not per day. No, it's okay. it, it, it resets after a long rest. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, good to know. All um, right, so can I? Did my movement count as my bonus action, or can I turn it into the uh, long sword for oh, no, the can, next turn? Yeah, you can turn it into long sword. Movement's a different thing entirely. Okay, perfect. Turning it into a long sword and end of turn. All right, so you do that. Stab him. Uh, your blade gets coated in this thick honey-like substance. It's really fun. Yaku, it's your turn. What are you doing? I'm going to um, use wild shape, and I am going to turn into one of the bee's natural enemies as a brown bear. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you hurt me. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, this is great. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm not taking Google, bro. Shit. Okay. Skunks, skunks, bears, and some sort of beetle, but I'm not really feeling the beetle. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> that, on the brown, I'm specifically the brown bear. Would you like me to share that with you? On the, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, sure, you can. I'm just gonna say, like, that. That's so good that I'm gonna give you advantage on all your attacks against this dude. I love you. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was that was fun and inspired. That was very inspired. That was gorgeous. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you're a you're a big old honey bear. So you've done that. Do you do anything? How do I how do I send that to you? By the way, um, uh, like, the, like the, the stats. So like I, I see it here. Um, I mean, like I can do search on the eye. Is there a way to like just put it into the chat though for you? Um, I mean, you can. I'll just uh, keep it up for myself. I just didn't know if you wanted. Yeah, no. Right? It, I, if I have a question, I'll ask you about it. But yeah. Okay. So um, and then I have. I have a bonus action combat wild shape, and so and I can make two attacks. Uh, the bear has, uh, for its actions, it has uh, multi attack. Okay. It's two, one with its bite and one with its claws. Yeah, do it, dude. And, uh, and take your best attacks. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What should I, what should I roll? Um. Well. What's the description say as far as your attacks? Like, do you have a specific bonus? Yes. Um, so the bear makes two attacks, one with its bite, one with its claws. The bite, uh, it's a weapon attack, plus five to hit, um, one target. And it, it it says hit, wait a minute. Hit eight, 1d8 plus four. Uh, yeah, so that's an average. So you, you can just go ahead and roll that if you hit. So. If and you want to do the increasing damage for that, cool, cool, cool. So, if you're gonna do this, I would say, since it's not in your character sheet yet, just uh, make sure you're rolling with advantage. Roll a d20, then we'll add your plus five to it, and then we'll Roger. deal with damage. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna go away. Sorry. Um, twenty. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, that wasn't great, but uh, <laughs> you're also doing advantage, so roll it again. Sweet baby Jesus and all of your gold and uh, With plus five. Yes, with plus five, that'll hit. So it's... Uh, how much damage are we doing here? Um, the, the hit is um, 1d8 plus four piercing. Okay, so go ahead and roll your d8 there. Sorry, I'm having to go between all the tabs. <laughs> um, d8. All right, so that's four plus four. That is going to be eight damage to this thing. Uh, and you jump in and just take a take a big bite out of it, and it, it's tasty, bro. It, this thing is just full of honey, and you uh you're 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 really thoroughly enjoying this this tasty tasty bite you got out of this guy. He also gets to. Uh... Uh, do a claw uh, attack as I'm huh. tasting the yumminess. Gosh, okay, yeah. What is that? It's uh, a, a plus five as plus, well. Plus five to hit, and it's uh, it says here hit 11, 2d6 plus four slashing. 
Okay, so we'll do that. So go ahead and roll your uh, your hit dice. Haha. <laughs> All right. Uh, was that a? That's a nat twenty, right? Cool. That's a nat twenty. So we're gonna do that first. So that's a crit. Um. This is a slash with the claws. Yeah, I, I, the the advantage doesn't really matter here because you can't roll better than that possibly. So, what's the what was the damage on the claw attack again? Uh, damage is uh, it says two d six plus four. It says hit and then eleven and then parenthetically two d six plus four. What what did you say that like the number four is? That's an average. Uh, yes. So that would be oh, a Roger. You can technically, when it says that, you can either just decide to take that damage and just be like, hey, it does this much, or you can roll it. Gotcha. Gotcha. How would you like to play that, Dan? I mean, that's that is that is up to you. Cool. I'll do but, but, I'll but do the two d six. Yeah, yeah. Two d six plus four. Okay, so that is uh, that's nine, and then you're gonna roll two d six again because it's crit. Oh, I like that. So that's already 14 on that one, right? Or is it you're going to be 46 plus 4? Yeah, be 46 plus 4 is what you're doing. Roger that. So here's two more. Okay. So So, 19 points. Yeah, so we're doing 19 points of damage, and you just, like, rake into this dude with your your big fat bear claws and tear his stomach open. And he is uh, leaking some sweet sticky honey right now. And but just looks more pissed off for it. Uh, so that is your turn, Yaku. I believe you can't do anything else. You believe correctly. Cool, Fetchel. What do you? What do you want? What do you, you want? Don't do? care to go since he's back in uh, his yeah. fourteen. Yeah, we'll we'll insert him into the initiative. Uh, however, for since he's back and we can get him to do something, we can go ahead and do that right now. I just got to figure out where he fits into the. Initiative is 14, so he yeah. would have gone before. Yeah, I think he would have popped in right before Soldier here, I think. I can just wait. Oh, no. Uh, you're in, and yeah. Go ahead and go ahead and do something. So, uh, up to speed, you, you got a little bit of the background information, but you're fighting a guy that just exploded into thousands of bees, basically. Because why not? Uh, so you have uh, swarms of bees just kind of buzzing around everywhere and, and attacking people. And then you also have this guy in the center who is represented by this big honey blob uh, that seems to be controlling the bees. So what are you going to do? Can I uh, just cast uh, a puff of, like, or not puff, but like uh, a range of smoke that calms all the uh, yeah, so you want to do that with, like, prestidigitation? Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah. Okay, um, I'm, just, I'm just, you can do that for sure. I think what's going to happen here is they're going to make some sort of save against it, and we're going to use your spell save DC, which, what is, what is that number? We shouldn't put your, uh, your spell save. Oh, 13. So, 13. All right, so... I'm going to say they're going to do a check against that, and I think they're going to make a... probably a constitution saving throw, because they're trying not to get all sleepy. So we're going to see what happens. The bees don't have a huge constitution modifier, so... Uh, they are going to roll a straight 19, though. So they, uh... 
it's a great idea and I love it, but you puff the smoke out and they just they shake it off. Um, but it, since it's a cantrip, it might well be worth trying again because they're gonna have to save it against against. But that's that's an idea that I love. Uh, anything else you want to do on your turn? Hmm. Sorry, where? Okay. Uh, where am I? Like, in relation to? Oh, I'm not. Yeah, where everybody's kind of crowded around this area. I didn't kind of pull you. I pull Who's you this? Is this the guy right here? Uh, oops. That guy is that? He's the bad guy. No. So this guy is Durden. He's kind of your drow uh, paladin who has given you guys sanctuary here. Mm-hmm. This dude up here is a ranger that's working with him. Uh, and then everybody else is kind of centered around this area. Uh, so your your bad guy is this big yellow blob, and he's being he's surrounded by a bunch of swarms of bees, uh, which I have told everybody if they can figure out a way to successfully target a swarm of bees, by all means. But a regular weapon attack probably isn't going to do a whole lot. Well, like if I use like my breath weapon or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, you could do that. Um. I guess I could use. Uh, well, how much damage is this guy taking? Like, is he? Um, he's been hit a few times. He he's still looking pretty good. Uh, he's he's leaking a bunch of honey everywhere. He's not actually bleeding. He's just like there's honey coming out of his wounds. It's nice. kind of weird. But uh, yeah, he's he's taking a bit of damage, but he's still looking pretty solid. Um, let me just check something real quick. All right, yeah, I'll um, actually I'll save my. I'll wait till next. Uh, I'll end my turn now. I'll just I'll just save my points and wait for the next go around. Cool. So then that being said, Fetral, we're up to you. What are you doing? Alright. Um, I know we're all crowded around. Is there a way that you would let me cast Thunder Wave without hitting any of our companions? Like straight up at a swarm of bees or something? You know what? Just just because cool points. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll let you do it. You can you can right. position yourself in such a way that it's it's. Uh, I'll tell you what. I think. I think John's gonna have to save against him. But I'll let you avoid everybody else. Okay. Um. I'm gonna cast Thunder Wave. Can I also hit the dude? Yeah. Oh. Then I'm gonna cast Thunder Wave at the swarm of bees and dude. All right. So that's a saving throw. What is that saving throw? Um, is it safe to assume that I'm still on top of the dude licking honey? Uh, yeah, it is. Okay, I guess this is where it gets dicey. So, okay. Sorry, I just want to be accurate. Yeah, so, okay, Fetral, I'll put it this way. Um, I can probably let you target, like, all the swarms of bees and be fine. If you're also trying to target the bee dude himself, uh, there's going to be some friendly fire. Um, I'm just going to go for the bees then. Okay, so you can do that, and so that's a DC 12 constitution save. They're not going to make that, but you've already rolled your damage there. Yeah, how much damage can a bee take? Uh, not a lot. So, I mean, that they're is also only... pushed 10 feet. Yeah, so that's only two damage, which is uh, not a great roll. However, you do dissipate a lot of the bees. And you do see quite a few of them just kind of fall out of the sky because, like, an individual bee does not have a lot of hit points. So you you knock quite a few out, and you kind of scatter them a bit. Um, but there's still quite a few there. Were there then any within range that were pushed away? Because I want to do my opportunity attack, if so. 
I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> on the bees. If you, if you want to swing, if you yeah. want to swing your hammer through a swarm of bees, yeah. I mean, sure. Yaku should get to do it too. Well, here, can I do a? Yeah, I, I, can I do a firebolt at like? Uh... God damn it. Okay. Um. I'm You're gonna the one say... who decided to make us fight bees. Okay, this is your yeah. own fault. Yes. Okay. So, in order, yes, sure. Uh, Soul Grid, you can do an opportunity attack. Um, we're, we're, yeah, 18 will hit. I don't even know what the damage is going to be translated to the bees. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you swing your hammer through a swarm of bees and you kill a bunch like this. There's still okay. a lot of bees. It's a war hammer. It has yeah. a flat, wide head. It's going to yeah. hit many bees. Yes. Okay, yeah. You, 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 have success, you have successfully knocked out a bunch of bees. Baller. Um, gosh. Um, Free attack, <laughs> man. Oh, yeah. Moshare, I don't know if you're going to get an opportunity attack. Are you right up in the middle of this? Because really, like, you really only get one if, like, somebody is being knocked out of your uh, yeah, immediate sphere of influence. So I'm not sure you'd get one here. Probably not. Uh, where would be a good place? For, like, should I position myself? Like, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all kind of crowded here. Like the you know, the map's getting tight. But mm, okay. wherever you want to, however you want to okay. get in there. All right. Um, so if nobody else is doing opportunity attacks or bullshit, uh, there's another guy that's going to go, and this is the second swordsman who rushes in to kind of deal with the situation, which, uh, for character benefit, is not on the map because there's just it's too crowded. There's too many people here already. But he's going to run in from about this direction uh, behind this dude and try to attack the big B guy, and he's going to roll and very much not hit. He gets distracted by the bees as well. And that brings us all the way back to the top of the order, which is going to be the first swordsman that attacked from over here. Who is going to roll the bee guy again. Uh, that's a crit from him. Uh, but he rolls real garbage damage, so it just nicks the bee guy a little bit. Then we have Durden, our paladin, go, and he's going to get two attacks. Uh, hit and miss. So he hits for one. Does a little bit of damage. Uh, doesn't really get a solid uh, swing in, but slices him up. And then we're gonna go back down to the B guy himself. Actually, gonna get another turn, and he's going to do a sting attack. And you see him lift up one of his arms, and it kind of transforms into like this giant mutated stinger that he is going to swing over right at Mr. Durden here. And yep, you see him just like parry that blow right off of his shoulder. Doesn't do anything. And then he's also going to direct a swarm of bees over to attack. Gosh, there's so many. There's so much here. Uh, he's going to direct a swarm of bees to attack Yaku in bear form. So Yaku, make a dexterity save. Uh, Roger, let me check the dexterity of the bear. Um, dexterity is uh, 19 on the bear. Uh, I have a plus four. Damn. So All what right. do I? Um, uh, so yeah, roll a, d, I, roll a d20 and add four to it. Yeah, to do. It. Uh, <laughs> oh, ooh, yeah, that is seven. That's, <laughs> yep. That's <laughs> actually, that is actually. Uh, do I still? 
Sorry, do I still have my advantage as being a bear, or is that just for attack? Uh, just for attack right now. The bonus you gave me? Got it. Yeah. So then he, uh, the, the bees are going to swarm you. You are not able to successfully avoid them. Uh, and they're going to do 12 points of poison damage to you. Roger. Um... I don't know how many hit points you have as a bear. Uh, I believe I believe when you're a druid in wild shape, like uh, if you run out of hit points as your wild shape, you just go back yeah. to full on your normal. Self. I have thirty four or forty ten plus twelve. I'll do the forty ten plus twelve. If you want to gamble on that, yeah, sure. <laughs> just for chits and giggles. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. But yeah, you can figure that. Uh, so it'd be thirty seven. Sure. But you took 12 points of poison damage there from the beast, uh, and that was his turn. Then we're going to go to Mosher. What you trying? Yeah, um, so I want to uh, take out some of my hemp rope. And, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, since we're kind of like scattered about, I'd like us to see if we can like toss it to each other like in a circle around like him and where all the bees are. And then I'll use uh, Preston to do the to light the hemp rope on fire. Oh. It's like a, a I was ring. gonna say fire or freezing them, man. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So what is? I guess what is your goal here? You're just trying to create a large, like a, a big smoke cloud. Yeah, like a perimeter, like around, like to calm all the bees. Okay. Um, uh, at least like where we are. It might it might hinder our. our view a little bit, but if we can get the bees to chill. Yeah, okay. So, you can do this. I guess you can take up the rope out and, 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 and pass it around. Like, I'm, I'm I'm being so generous right now. God. Uh, What's the limit? <laughs> what would normally, like, what would be, like, the, or what would be like, the best way to do this? Because I don't know the full... I don't fucking know. I've never encountered this situation before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, like, limitations um, of, like, can I hand things to someone? Like, does that take up one of everyone's turn? Or, like... I mean, if I you're say- actively trying to, like, create a perimeter of rope and hand stuff to multiple people, yeah. like, that's totally going to be an action. And so I'm, I'm going to say you're not going to be able to do that and also try to light it on fire at the same time. Mm, and one turn. Kind of, uh, uh, so, yeah. I, I, I'll let you get your rope out there, but you're also you're not going to be able to burn it this turn, though. Oh, yeah? You think so? How about uh, this? Uh, How about this? Wait for it. I'm, I'm waiting. Boom. I'm going for it. Um, yeah, okay, sure. If you want to spend the sorcery points, you can you can do a bonus action. <laughs> I'm just so being you w- stubborn. So I want to. I just want to get this ring of fire going around. There. Okay, ring of fire. Alright. Just because you're being so stubborn about this, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to give the bees a disadvantage on their saving throw here, and I'm going to have them do a constitution saving throw again. Uh, I really just want you to think about all the words you just said. <laughs> what? What? Which is why. I'm going to give the bees disadvantage. On their yeah. constitution <laughs> saving throw. Because you're so insistent. <laughs> yes. You know what? It's, it's late in the game, guys. We need to finish this. So let's uh, let's go ahead and do that. And yeah, they're not going to save this time. So... I'm going to say, uh, how do we want to play this? Um, 
So you pass the stupid fucking rope around and light it on fire. I give my stupid rope. Yeah, I get it. And create a big old cloud of hemp smoke uh, to calm the bees. <laughs> oh, yeah. like that. I just made a big cloud of hemp smoke too. <laughs> which, which Santiago is just really into. He's vibing. Totally. <laughs> He's vibing right now. Um, huh. All right. Um, so the mechanically, I'm going to say the way this works is that this guy is not going to be able to use. The B attacks by, you know what, let's say 1d4 rounds. So I'm going to roll this openly. There you go. So you get one round of him not being able to use any of <laughs> Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, that <laughs> dumb shit happens. Solgrid, it's your turn. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh, okay. How many targets are there now? Uh, the bees are... I mean, it, there's only ever really been one in, like, nebulous bee swarms. So, I mean, the okay. bees are pacified, but there's still just the one main dude. I'll attack the main guy. Okay. Go for it. Yep, ten is not gonna do it. Like, he's he's slippery with honey, and your warhammer just passes right through him. Uh, okay. Um... Hold on a second. I'm sorry. I don't think there's another hand. Okay. Never mind. Uh, that'll end my turn. Cool. You're good. All right. So then it's a ranger's friend's turn. Uh, he's going to try to keep drilling arrows into the B guy. He gets one attack. Hits two attacks. Uh, Wait, is the, guy, is the guy B like? Uh, no. He's, he looks like a very deformed human man uh, that is just covered in, in you know, Almost these kind of beehive structures that you know he, he's emitting bees from. It's it's really kind of disturbing. Well, and he has a stinger too. Uh, one of his arms is a giant stinger. Yes. So I mean, like, wouldn't uh, wouldn't we argue that he has some qual- some bee-like qualities that might be affected by this? Uh, we we could argue that. We, yes, we could. Uh, but we. I'm already giving you so much, man. Like, <laughs> you gave us one turn with no bees. Like, really? I got all creative to get the bees. Yeah, and, and you did. You did a good job. With less, with less bees. You, you <laughs> took it. You took him. You took away his turn. Um. Anyway, so this ranger dude shoots twice. He succeeds twice. He crits once. So we're gonna do that kind of damage. We're gonna do that kind of damage. And this, the, he, he just really. Uh, rapid fire shoots two arrows into this dude's back, goes through him, and the, the B guy is looking very much worse for wear. And then up next up, we're going to have John. You're right there. The bees are currently pacified. What's and that? did he look tired before he took damage from that? I.e., did him summoning more bees and our team taking him out make him like visibly seem like he's expended? Uh... Probably more so than he was, yes. Okay, okay. Just wanted to get that. Alright, so I guess I'm gonna swoop there and attack him. Alright. Roll the damage. Okay. Roll the hit. Let's see. Boom. Uh, 13 isn't, is not quite gonna do it. So he, he, he's just gotten real squirrely uh, now that he's taken a bunch of damage, but he, it's not quite gonna hit. Uh, Yaku, that means you're gonna be up. Uh, yeah, 
Chris, what is he? Is he standing? Yep. He he's he's waving around a little bit. He he's not looking fantastic, but he is still standing. He's okay. And roughly how tall is he? Uh, I mean, roughly human, regular human size, like a, okay. let's say 5'10". Cool. And um, by any chance, does he have any metal on him? <laughs> um, uh, no, no, he doesn't. Roger that. Um, I think I'd like to, like, leap onto him and try to, like, knock him prone and pin him. Um, with so if I get multi-attack and one is a bite and one is is with my claws, um, could I use could I use one of those as um, like with the intention of knocking him? Uh, I'll, I'll say the, it this way since I'm already giving you advantage, um, I'm gonna say if you're trying to do something like that, we're going to we're gonna take it down to one attack. Like, Roger. You can you can combine those into one attack and just try to like. Perfect, them. perfect, perfect. Yeah. So I'd I'd like to like, you know, like, you know, like we see bears do because we know what they do on TV. So I'd like to see him like. I'd like to jump and knock him down, and I'm and I'll choose which attack I do if I can do that. But I'd like to like, yeah, knock him down and then do one of my attacks. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so roll with advantage. I think they're both they're both plus five. So. And am I just rolling a, a d20 or what? Yeah. D20 plus five, yeah. You don't seem to do too well on me. Oh. Oh fuck. Okay, yeah, you don't. You stop drilling. You've hit oil. Okay, so that That's was a crit. for the listener. So yes. Okay, I'm gonna say you definitely are able to knock this guy over, uh, and in doing so, you can also do double damage. So go ahead and. Uh, I guess roll your claw attack is what you're doing here. So that's uh, 46 again. Uh, yeah, 46 plus four. Yeah. Thank you, sir. That was shitty. All right. Yeah. So 17. Uh, yeah. So 17 damage. You bowl this guy over, and he uh, almost looks like he's about to melt into just a big puddle. Like he's, but his bones are broken. He's falling apart. He's like. Uh, yelling out in some kind of hideous tongue uh, and just screaming horribly. He's not looking great, uh, but Fetrol, we're going to go to you. What are you doing? I'm still on top of him, pinning him down, by the way, so careful whatever attack you do. <laughs> yep. Cool. Um, and Fetrol, he's down, being pinned down, so you're going to have advantage on an attack roll if you want to Okay, that. then I'm going to run in and try to stabby stab him with the dagger. Yeah, do that. Uh, that was that. Yep. So 20 uh, definitely hits. Not nat, but roll your damage on that one. Do we have any magic users here with like something that could freeze him or burn his ass up? Uh, I mean, most shares are only Most shares probably burn him. Yeah. Uh, the, only, so, the only thing that you mo- most my powerful burning attacks since you're on top of him would hurt you also. Uh, I, I have a similar one too, <laughs> uh, but it's okay. I mean, it was effective, so I think it was worthwhile. But I'll yeah, gotcha. so eventually you go up and uh, stick them all eyes down and stick the dagger right beside of him. Uh, immediately following you, there's going to be this other guy who is not in the map, but he's the other swordsman who is right there, and he's going to run up and succeed on the hit, bring the sword down, and brings the sword down, kind of right into his shoulder. 
and uh, his arm is like hanging on by a thread right now, and it, 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 he's looking really, really rough. And then that's up to second thug guy who's going to also attack him while he's down in this round. Like, not going to prone, it's rough. He's going to miss twice somehow. God, <laughs> it's rough. Um, that's not a very effective uh, militiaman. He needs more training, but Durden's going to go. And our big paladin man is going to take his axe, and he's going to narrowly avoid hitting the, uh, the giant bear on top of him. And it's going to come right down with that axe. And first attack. Okay, and he comes right down uh, and only hits with one of his attacks and digs into a leg. And this guy's looking almost uh, kind of crippled. Um, then it's technically the big guy's turn. He is going to try to do a strength save to get up from underneath this bear. Uh, and he is going to get a nat 20 on that. Oh, so, shit. So he is just going to summon all the remaining energy in his body and just, like, throw you off and roll out from under the bear. You know, but that's the only thing that he's going to be able to do this turn. And then, Mosher, it's your turn. Dude, take that arm of his that's about to fall off and take it away from him. Well, if you're not on him anymore, then uh, I'm going to hit him with... Uh... Well, actually, let's see where everyone is. Where... <laughs> it's a clusterfuck right there. It's 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 all over the place. And if I... How how much can I move like before I attack? Uh, whatever your movement is, so 30 feet of movement. And then, and, but would that be an action, or can I still attack after? Nope, you can still attack. Ah. Uh... So can I like run up or like just kind of go and like push these two aside a little bit and then cast, uh, I'm going to do my agony awakening. Well, wouldn't the pushing the people aside count as an action? Uh, yes, if you are doing it intentionally, if you're just trying to move through them. Yeah, I mean, I'm like a 300 pound, six and a half foot dragon, so I'll just say I kind of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if you're not intentionally trying to shove people out of the way, then you're fine. No, it totally, it totally was not intentional whatsoever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, so doing that one again. Um, Alright. So I'm just trying to figure out who all is going to be in the way of this. Oh, uh, well, I was saying I was, like, going, like, right. Like, <laughs> in between them, like, uh, and, and shooting it up, like, towards, like, where there's no one else. Like, I went in the middle of these guys. Yeah. This is a drow, uh, and this is uh, federal. Oh, yeah, no. everybody's on top of each other right here. So, I guess I just wanted to like send it north, like go in between these two guys, kind of right here, and then yeah. just shoot it up straight north. So, okay. So when uh, it comes to moving in between people, that doesn't really work quite the same way as you might think it would in D and D. Even if it's a line, my attack is a line, and I'm shooting it straight, like out of. So everything, even if it's a line, will have like a five-foot-wide line, which yeah. means that someone would be in that space. Yeah, so I'll let you do this, but I'm going to, since we're playing fast and the rules loose with the rules anyway, I'm going to put it this way. So you have about, you have a bunch of people that are right on top of this guy, right? So you have, uh, you have Durden here, you have two of the thug dudes over here and over here, which aren't really going to be that important. You have... Uh, Yaku, who is just like right to the side because he just got rolled off of this dude. And then you have John, 
who is also up here in this zone. So, uh, Durden, Yaku, and John, just for the sake of, of, of having fun with this, I'm going to say, uh, John, you are one and two. Yaku, you're three and four. Durden is five and six. I'm going to roll a d6 here, and I'm going to see who gets caught in the middle of this ship. All right. All right. So that is Durden, actually. Uh, and for the most part, you're going to be able to position this so it doesn't really hit anybody uh, there, most share, but it is going to hit Durden if you're cool with that. Roll a little butt here. But there's there's just too much going on for it not to hit anybody. So if you're if you're cool with him also taking damage from this, then let's go. Let's go for it. All right, and I specifically have on my sheet for this dude that he is uh, vulnerable to fire damage. So let's see what happens. Uh, so that's going to be three d eight, um, and he is vulnerable to it. So he's going to make a dexterity save first, which he's currently. Uh, he's not prone, he did get up. But let's make a dexterity save. Which he's gonna make. So normally that would be half damage, but he's vulnerable, which means that he would also normally take double damage, so just do your 3d8 and that's what he's gonna take. Because those things cancel each other out. Sounds good. So, you launch your flame blast out. Actually, let me save for Gurdon just to see. Uh, gosh, he doesn't save. He also takes that, but he, he's got a lot of hit points. Uh, so he gets sensed, but he's fine. So you launch the flame blast out, and it, it washes over this guy. And it burns off all, a lot of this, you know, these, these tattered linens that he's wearing all over. And his flesh starts burning up, and it looks like he's very much on fire. And just starts screaming, bloody murder. And then it looks like his flesh almost starts coming apart at the seams. And he he's ripping apart, and one of his arms falls off. And his arm falls off, and right before it hits the ground, it transforms into a swarm of bees and just, like, scatter off in all directions. And then one of his legs goes, and another leg goes. And then suddenly this guy has just transformed himself into a massive swarm of thousands of bees that just fly up and out and scatter outward. And you are left with nothing in the middle of you, and he is gone. That's some bullshit. And, badass. and after after that happens, uh, this guy, you know, Durden looks at you and just says, oh, he's breathing really hard. It's just like, and that's how it goes every night. Is it always bees? It's always bees. Sorry for the friendly fire. And I think that's a good place to end our session for tonight. <laughs>